Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, baby. It is Friday, the noon hour, and that only means one thing, baby. Eula and Moats on Steelers Nation Radio, baby. Woo! Man, I feel like it's been too long, man. I don't like this choppiness of me here, me <laughs> not here. It just doesn't feel good to me, man. We're I was, back. I was driving in this morning. I was like, man, I, I feel like I haven't seen my guy like consistently <laughs> here, man. We go through the offseason where I'm seeing you all the time for more hours than we probably would have you liked. Seriously. But now it's like, I need my friend back. I miss him. And it's noon, so I'm happy, man. And on top of it being Friday, it's a Moats hosting Friday yes, on is. top of that. So and it's know, week one, baby. Come on, man. Does it get any better? We have football last night. Live football. Not not old football. Not video game football. We had legit <laughs> football. It was awesome. But even on a more serious note, man, we know what today is, man, in terms of what it stands for in America, man, mm. being 9-11. So, man, even with that, dude, it's just so much about today that had me just so excited to come in here and be able to get on the mic with my guy here, man. 100% Arthur Motes. Um, you know, real quick, and I didn't tell you this before we went on air because I wanted to surprise you. Oh, I like surprises. I had a little bit of a hectic morning. Uh-huh. All right? Dog threw up on the carpet as I was getting ready oh, to leave. Oh, no. We had a problem with the sink and the garbage disposal uh-huh. in the kitchen that I had to call a plumber about. In, in, in them big old houses you live in out there. <laughs> And you know this, too. Uh, a week ago, I got a pair of special edition shoes mm-hmm. uh, from Allbirds in the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York yes. City. Uh, a special pair of Vincent Van Gogh shoes. Mm. I got a phone call this morning that my order actually was past the number no. of shoes that they had. So I'm getting a refund, but I'm not getting my shoes oh, because man. they sold too many pairs. That hurts. Uh, so it was a rough morning in regards to a lot of those things. Uh, but I'm 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 still jacked up. Nothing no can bring me down today. It is week one. Um, and I think with some of the stuff that we've talked about with Ryan Shazier this week, and what you just touched on, the fact that it's man, 19 years ago today, September Crazy, September man. 11th, 19 years. Oh one was when it all happened, man. And I feel like you, I, I you can't complain. To, I can't complain today. No question. It's a good That's, day to be alive. That's definitely the one thing I said to myself, man, today. I was like, obviously, stayed up a little bit later than normal watching the game. So you're like, man, I'm dragging a little bit. Had to do virtual school with the kids. You're like, oh, man, that's a whole other element. But when you put things in perspective, like you talked about thinking about Ryan Shazier and everything with him, then when you really think about 9-11, and me and you were in the age group that we very vividly remember. I was in fifth grade. 9-11. I was in sixth grade. I was going to say, what do you? I I remember we came back from like recess or music Mm -hmm. class or something like that, and and, and my teacher, Mrs. McQuiston, was just Mm -hmm. bawling her eyes out. I remember, man. Going into art class, I had Miss Jordan, and literally because down in Norfolk, we're right near a big naval base, and we remember seeing everything happen with the towers. We saw, we heard about the plane going into uh, to the White House, and then from there, all of us in the school got evacuated because they're like a lot of us had military parents, sure. So they're like, man, this could be the next spot because of obviously for tactical reasons, you want to hit the nearest base and stuff sure. like that. So. Everybody got on high alert, man. I remember my parents, man, the panic they had. And me as a sixth grader, let's be real, I didn't really understand what was going on. Same You're kind of just kind of like, oh, man, that's crazy that the plane crashed. But I didn't really, I didn't even understand what a terrorist was. Right. 
and let alone we started getting more in depth into it. But I just can remember, man, seeing the second uh, plane hit the building, seeing mm-hmm. it go down, and it was just like, wow, like it's happening right before our eyes. So, man, when I think of all of those things, man, on a day like today, we'll never complain, no. man. We'll never complain. Traffic, dog throwing up on the couch, does not matter. Problems man. with the sink and the garbage disposal. You know what? Uh, it's September 11th. We heard from Ryan Shazier earlier in the week. Arthur Motes, it is a blessing to be alive. Absolutely, It's a blessing man. to rock the microphone with you. Listen, man. And we got we got real ball to talk about. I was going to say, in the words of the great Dick LeBeau, man, it's a great day to be alive, man. Great day to Without be alive. Without a doubt. And, you know, as we transition a little bit here, even talking about the game, but before we get to that, the thing that we always love as Americans about 9-11 is the day that we always talk about unifying together coming together, putting all of our differences aside. Remember 19 years Absolutely, ago how united man. we were. We, we rally around the adversity mm-hmm. of that situation. But obviously, we during today's climate, we've had some other things going on, man, from a social injustice standpoint that and have. things on that nature. And that's been the biggest issue, right? Trying to find that middle ground, trying to find something that we could all rally around. And Obviously, last night, anybody who watched the game, especially the beginning parts of it, there were multiple instances of the players trying to come together and things like that. I mean, they had the uh, the black national anthem be played. Then they had the regular national anthem played. The Texans, they didn't stay out for either. The uh, the Chiefs stayed out for the black national anthem and then came back out there for the uh, regular national right. anthem as well. But then after all the national anthems were over, they just – Middle of the field, 30 seconds. Both teams came together and locked arms in unity. It was a beautiful scene. Beautiful scene. But if you had sound on, on your TV, <laughs> the beautiful scene that we were appreciating was met with booze. And for me, man, it was very disheartening because this was the thing where we're saying, hey, I feel that both of the teams did a really good job of not bringing politics in it, right? Because right. we talk and about that's what the national wants. anthem. Nobody wants protesting the national anthem. So you had one team. Didn't even show up for that to make sure it was nothing could be uh, misconstrued for either national anthem. Then you had the other team that stood up for both, and I think only one player took a knee. But then you get the moment after that where it's no anthem going on, no coin toss, no anything, just 30 seconds, middle of the field, locking arms, and it was booed. And for me, I just couldn't understand why. Because initially, the whole argument was you're disrespecting the flag, you're disrespecting the troops. But when we see what they were doing last night, it had zero to do with the flag. It had zero to do with the troops. And if anything, it was similar to what we see everybody posting today about unification, about coming together, about saying that, hey, regardless of our skin color, regardless of our background, we are going to do this thing as one. And to see that get booed last night, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I feel like today when we're seeing people post about 9-11. Remember September 12th, 2001. Yeah, I, I just feel like. To me, man, it, it, it's a big contradiction. I, I just, I have an issue with that. It really rubbed me the wrong way last night. I'm glad you said that because I agree with you. Um, you and I, you know, it, it, we said this, uh, what, I think two weeks ago, that we never really thought we'd be here where we've been the last five or six mm-hmm. months, um, spending more time talking about pandemics and, and, and social injustice and racism uh, than we are X's and O's and mini Correct. camp and, and OTAs. We never thought, you know, when, when we were wanting to get into this whole broadcast thing, you know, when I was in college and, and starting to work in this industry and when you were getting towards the end of your NFL career and knew that you wanted to do this, uh, neither of us really thought we would be here. But that's what... It, it just seems to me like... 
There's never a way to please the people that just want you to shut up and dribble, for lack Mm -hmm. of a better term. Um, Which, again, you and I have dissected at nauseum why that is so ridiculous. Uh, You and I have gone through historical what sports has meant to politics, what politics have meant to sports. Uh, Folks, it's part of why we love athletics at every level in this country so much, because it's a reflection of society. There's triumphs, there's defeats, there's highs, there's lows, there's human stories, there's comebacks. Uh, uh, Arthur Motes, last night, when it's done, a moment of unity after the national anthem on September 10th, one day before September 11th, where we preach about unity. Uh, September 11th weekend, if you will. Uh, Absolutely, that's how we refer to it. What what last night told me is that for certain people, the whole don't protest like that, it, it, it's all just a facade. It's it's never been about the national anthem. It's that you want your athletes to just entertain you for three hours on Sunday or three hours on Thursday night. Or if you're a college football guy like me, three, <laughs> three and a half hours right. on Saturday afternoon. And that's BS. I'm sorry. If, if all that you care about for your favorite teams, is the final score at the end of the game. If that's it to you, you don't care about anything else. You don't actually care about the people that wear the crest across their chest of your favorite team. You don't care about the front office and the coaching and and, and the alumni, everybody that's built that. Like That's one thing that drives me nuts when people say, my team, my team, mm-hmm. my team. And I'm guilty of that too. Arthur Mutz, you know this. My initials are WVU. My parents did that on purpose. Absolutely. Uh, my earliest memories of sports are being five, six, seven years old, throwing the football around in the blue lot in Morgantown with my grandpa and my dad, my aunts and uncles, whatever. I, 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 to, to me, it, West Virginia is my team. I even tweeted that out the other day. You did. You did. And, and, and you've been very prevalent on social media. I've been seeing it, but, man. But you know what? Yeah. In actuality, it's not my team. Right. If, if, if It's not. It's the team that I cheer for, but I never played for them. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of the guys on that team. I'm not one of the alumni that built that program. In right. terms of football playing, Correct. I Correct. am an alumni of the school. But I didn't build that program. I didn't coach there. I didn't play there. Mm-hmm. So many of us, and it's, it's funny, it's, we have this dynamic between you and I. Man, we pour our lives into supporting it, but we still don't know what it's like. I don't know what it's like to be Arthur Motes mm. and to run out and have 70,000 people scream. Yeah. But then the same people tweet you things that, again, true, man. rub you. The, the same people who cheering for Arthur Motes on Sunday when he's in black and gold are tweeting him on Tuesday, telling yeah. him to stick to sports or telling him you're an idiot or telling him you're wrong. Go, no, 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 it's the one. Go back to your own country. Go back to your own country. Yeah. <laughs> For three hours on Sunday, Arthur Motes, you know what? You better you better run down oh, yeah. uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, and you better kick some Ravens booty. Mm-hmm. And I swear, if the Browns lose, or if you lose to the Browns, we're going to be so embarrassed. Mm. But don't tell me anything about your personal life. Don't tell me how you really feel. It's never been about the national anthem. What it's about is that certain people, and this isn't a political thing because I think this sits on both sides of the spectrum. Absolutely, Certain people don't care. They just want to, they see it as nothing more than their entertainment, their escape, their team. I grew up watching this on Sunday and there was nothing about unity and that's how I like it and that's how I want it and I just want my sports. It's never been about the anthem for you. It's never been about anything other than just you selfishly not wanting to have to deal with real issues. Absolutely. And, I mean, you hit on it. And it's not all fans because I don't want anyone to no, think that. And, and we've said that numerous times. There are some amazing fans out there uh, and amazing support. There were people clapping last they night. Were, the, they the, were. The boos were a little bit yes. louder, but there were claps too. And, and, absolutely. And, and, and more, the majority of the time, 
the the majority of the people are actually good. But you have this faction right now, and it's not just in Kansas City. We talked about this, man. It's, it's global right now. But they dehumanize the players. They, they are no longer a person. They no longer have a name. They are just strictly jersey number in the team they play for. But that's a part of the issue. These are real people. These are people that want to stand up and make their areas better, make their communities better. And I just hate when I see the narrative of, oh, because these guys are making millions of dollars, they aren't allowed to protest. They aren't allowed to make a statement. Right. Last night, what was the protest? There was no protest. No, it, was this, it was that word unity. It was unity. Right. That was the exact opposite. Everybody thought that it would be, oh, this big, oh, national anthem, everybody's taking a knee, nobody's out here. That wasn't the case. Nope. And then, like you said, after everything is over, they get together, a 30-second sign of unity, man, with all the teams. For me, I just don't understand how people can be so stubborn in the sense that one minute you're preaching about unity. Like I said, today you go on social media, you will see unity a thousand times. Mm -hmm. If you search last night, just put in opening a <laughs> pledge of release or, or, or unity ceremony last night, just pull up a video and you look at the, look at the comments of it. It's a terrible situation, man. I just, I'm not a fan of it. But at the end of the day, this is something that we, like you said, we talked about this multiple times this offseason because of everything that has transpired. But we, it just we shows. We thought we'd be here, but we're not shying away from being absolutely. here. Absolutely. And it shows that, hey, we said this before. This is not going to be over in a day. It's not going to be over in a month. <laughs> it, realistically, it won't be over and in a year. For all you people saying yeah. you're not watching. All right, let's see week three. Exactly. So for me, man, I look I, at it like this. Just real quickly. Mm -hmm. I saw, I don't want to name who, but I don't know if you saw this. There was a member of the Pittsburgh media last night mm -hmm. who tweeted out at the game, at the start of the game, I'm done. Mm -hmm. I, I just saw, you know, I just saw the moment of unity and I just saw George Floyd's name. I'm done. Mm -hmm. And then 15 minutes later tweeted, wow, Patrick Mahomes is pretty good. Exactly. Clearly watching the game still. Exactly. Which... We know they all do. It, it, trust me, if, if locking arms is what made you not watch the game, you weren't watching the game. No way. Don't lie to yourself. And, and real quick, because I do, I, I do want to give you the last word on this yeah. here before we do go to break. But just for the for my, my last thing I would say to the, I, I, like the whole just play sports people. In my lifetime, Arthur Motes, <laughs> I'm going here for a second. Uh-oh, here we no, go. No, I think, this is, I think this is fair. In my lifetime, there's been three presidents that I have been old enough to cognizantly realize what yes. they're doing. Uh, George Bush, Barack Obama, and Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. I remember George Bush uh, being involved with ownership group with the Texas Rangers. Mm -hmm. I remember him throwing out a lot of first pitches at Major League Baseball Absolutely. games. Absolutely. Barack Obama. I remember him doing a bracket every March Madness no, no, on, he would, on, he would on ESPN. He would play basketball with UNC. We he would play basketball times. with UNC. He would every March Madness, he would go on SportsCenter, he would give his bracket. Donald Trump, the past month or two, has been tweeting about how the Big Ten needs to play football. Mm -hmm. So so just spare me the, the shut up and dribble. It's never been the case from either side of the aisle, as I clearly just laid out for you there. It's never been the case. Moats and I, again, have done this a million times, going back to Muhammad Ali uh, uh, through the Olympics. Uh, why Miracle on Ice was such a big deal. Mm -hmm. All those things are politically charged. Absolutely. Every single one of them. Last night's moment of unity was not, and you still have a problem with it. That says everything I need to know about you, and 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 nothing about the guys on the field. No question, man. But I will say this, man. It just shows, like I said, the fight is not over. It's something that we're going to continue to work at, and it's something that we all have to continue to do together. It's not going to be just one side. We said this numerous times as well. You can't get discouraged. 
as easy as it would be to say, you know what, I'm frustrated now. Let's do it this way. No, not at all, man. We got to continue to just take it one day at a time, continue to just try to save one person at a time and get them to see. And as long as we can do that and then get them to see and then understand and then ultimately say, hey, let's change how we've been handling these, change how we've been thinking about these situations, then we will start to see that impact. And it won't happen overnight. I said that numerous times as well. So patience is key, man. But... Real, real quick on, on, on a positive note, <laughs> on, a, I'm, on, yeah, on a lighter note, Curtis says... <laughs> Uh, did I watch the Chiefs and Texans take the field, shake hands, hug it out, and then they break up the teams and put on masks for the coin toss? <laughs> that, that is true. Yes. Uh, yes. You that know is what, true. Curtis? I am not a scientist, but that, 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 was, is true. that was a little puzzling, too. That, that on, is on true. A, on a lighter note. <laughs> hey, hey, very true. And, and I will say this, man. I wanna, oh, to keep it light as we uh, end this segment and get ready Andy, to go to break, Andy man. Reed's mask, too. Well, <laughs> we don't get to Andy Reid's mask. Trust me. He's not getting off the hook. We talk about Matt Patricia and that pencil and laminated paper. Oh, we going to talk about your boy Andy Reid and that mess. We're going to talk about that. But before we end the segment, man, the one thing I do want to say is this, man. It's still, like I said, it's good to see both sides in terms of the Chiefs and the Texans come together for a sign of unification, man, because that is going to resonate and speak volumes, I feel like, more so than any other type of protest or demonstration, especially because of how the context is right now and how it's so divisive right now. J- Signs J- of unity are huge, man. J.J. Watt and Patrick Mahomes kind of having a moment with each other there Absolutely, in midfield. Man. What, 30 seconds before one of them's about to try and take the other guy's head yeah. off for three hours. Like, to me, man, I think that was beautiful. And it will be interesting to see how this thing continues to progress, man. Obviously, we're opening weekend coming on Sunday. And then, obviously, Steelers and Giants come Monday night, man. But, yeah, I thought the Chiefs and Texans did a really good job in terms of setting the tone. So, Yeah. Hopefully we'll keep this thing going on a positive note, man. Oh, you know And, it. and you already know, too, man. Like I said, we're going to continue to talk about this stuff, man, when it does present because this is huge, man. This is an issue that we as Americans have to all continue to work at to get better at and to ultimately help others. So, yeah, just stay positive. Keep smiling, we're man. Always, we're always going to be transparent. It, all right? Yes, indeed. When, when my dog throws up on my carpet right before I'm about to leave the house, I'm going to come in and I'm going to tell you about it. Absolutely. When man. I'm upset that some dinks – booed a bunch of guys standing at midfield locked arm for 30 seconds i'm gonna tell you about it. absolutely man but what we are gonna tell you is this we got bills to pay all right <laughs> i know i just came back and i'm hosting so don't get me in trouble for not paying the bills so you'll learn most man Steelers nation radio we'll be back after the break This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Euler and Motes on a Friday. Coming back out the break, man. Had to pay them bills. Now I'm not in trouble. I'm in the good guy seat again, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so bear with me. Hopefully, I can keep this thing rolling. Don't get us in trouble now. <laughs> hey, I, I don't want to get us in trouble, man. We do, though. You know, around here, we abide by the, I think it's the the, the Al Pacino logic. I think oh, he was okay. the one who said it, right? Of You don't ask for permission. You ask for forgiveness. Oh, I, I'm a big believer in that, yeah. man. I, I yeah. would ask for forgiveness, but I'm going to go over. Right. You know me. And when I was a child, every day I prayed to the Lord for a bike. But then I realized one day that God doesn't work that way. Yeah. So I stole the bike and I uh-huh. asked God for forgiveness. That's what you did, huh? <laughs> I like it. I like it. 
I don't I, know what accent I was trying to do. I, I, there, I was going to say, I was waiting on I Tony Montana. I got about halfway through and I just ran with it. I thought you were going to give me Tony Montana, you know? <laughs> you asked for a bike, no bike came. Okay, Chico, let's you go get the is, bike it, ourselves, it, you it know? It is a Friday. You know who could be coming out at the end of the show? Ooh, the macho listener, brothers. You got to get the paper. I love it, man. I love it. But speaking of, man, just being here reacting to a beautiful Friday. We got to talk about the game, man. Yeah, we talked ball. about we talked about the pomp and circumstances beforehand. <laughs> now we get a chance to discuss the game and man, what a game it was. Ooh. For that to be the opening game, man, we got offense, we had running running game, we had the 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 beautiful touchdown pass. We had a new rookie emerging a big time way. I told you. I hate to say I told you so, Listen, but I told man, you so. I hope y'all picked him up on fantasy because that boy can ball. He looked great. Yeah, what, 140 yards? Yeah, 100, 128, uh, 128 on 128, the ground. Okay. Yeah. And then some through the and air. Some, yes, yeah, yeah. Thinking all purpose yards. A Absolutely. Yeah. And we're talking about Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Of course. Or, yeah, make sure I said My that. My boy right? out of LSU. Absolutely, C-E-H. man. Yeah, all leading up to the draft. Listen, it's only been one game, okay? Absolutely. It's only been one game. But We're all not going to crown him out the one game. All leading, all leading up to the draft, it, that, what he showed last night was why he was the number one guy on my running yeah. back big board in a very talented running back class. Like, mm-hmm. we'll still see DeAndre Swift and Jonathan Taylor, a lot of these Cam Akers, JK a lot of these Dobbins, guys. all those guys. They yeah. can have similar impacts like, like CEH did last night, certainly. I think it's going to be a very good uh, running back class from last year. But I tell you what, Motes. <laughs> the Chiefs look like uh, like they're picking up right where they left off. Yeah. That is now their tenth straight win, dating Absolutely. back to last season. That offense looks like a well-oiled oh, and, machine. And once again, again, they came from behind too. Just yeah. throwing that out there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, over the off season when Patrick Mahomes said, "I really just learned how to read defenses." <laughs> Scary. I thought that was kind of like a joke. Man, if that's right. And that's the thing too They had a a touchdown that they originally called last night The first one that was reviewed uh I mean he could have even had like another like 30 yard touchdown pass Because that was like a 50-50 call Yeah, Man the Chiefs look like they are, are they're going to be a a juggernaut And they're going to keep this thing rolling And the thing that I enjoy The thing that I enjoy too is this They still showed some rust We talked about some throws that Mahomes missed on uh, obviously, there were some cuts that uh, that Clyde had missed on, but overall, they just looked really good, man. They looked like a team that was prepared, ready to go. And the thing that I was impressed by with both teams, honestly, and I was really surprised by this, was the lack of penalties and turnovers. I thought because of the lack of preseason, the lack of OTAs, the condensed form of training camp that we would see a lot more sloppy play early on. But that wasn't necessarily the case last night. And I was, like I said, I was really impressed by that. I mean, big kudos to your boy Andy Reid with the face shield who needed a squeegee or a wiper or something can, on can that thing. Can somebody get him some defog spray or something? Something, here? man. It, look, look, it was a great idea until that, until that temperature dropped a little bit and he started fogging up. <laughs> but, man, big kudos to him and Bill O'Brien. Man, they both had their teams prepared and, and like it was I said better football last night it, than it, I it really it was yeah. it really was I like I said I was skeptical at first I thought it was going to be similar to what we've been seeing with the NBA bubble with how some of the teams would look really good and then some teams just look like they were out of sync they really couldn't get it going that wasn't the case yesterday though man so I thought as a whole that was very impressive but man the Chiefs offense dude that's the story because wow I mean, it, it, it literally, when you add the running game that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, brings to the table now, man, that was a whole, that was an element they did not have last year. I mean, Williams was good, 
but they haven't had that type of running game mm-hmm. since Kareem Hunt, and we know how he impacted that offense. Yeah, and to me, Clyde is a better version of Kareem just because he's more athletic, a little bit more explosive, has a little more wiggle and things like that along with his game. But, man, that, that's the game changer. But you see a team, and, and this is the thing that, I, that gives me more promise and encouragement with the Steelers. So when you talk about that Chiefs roster, we talked about how 20 of 22 starters from last year's team returned. Yep. It's a similar situation here in Pittsburgh. They have a very veteran group. Even the guys who are replacing former starters have been on this right. team for multiple years. We talk about a guy like Vince Williams. He's on, what, year nine, I think yeah, it is. Yeah. He started multiple years here in Pittsburgh, yep. so it's not like he's new to this team. He's just now getting his opportunity back, and it was right. only a year layoff, let's be real, and he still played last year. You look at Matt Filer moving to left guard. Mm-hmm. Matt was the starting right tackle. <laughs> yeah, and, and bro, listen, you could say for two years because he took over after, what, game five of Marcus Gilbert the year before? So when I'm thinking of all this, I'm like, they don't really have a lot of new faces. That continuity is going to pay huge dividends. Where we saw the other end, when you talk about the Texans, David Johnson flashed early but then kind of fizzled out. Mm -hmm. Brandon Cook showed a little bit of promise early and then kind of fizzled Mm -hmm. out. It just looked as if because they had more new pieces there – they weren't all in sync, hmm. whereas you look at the Chiefs, they were very much in sync. They were, particularly if, like after the first quarter. Correct. Once they had a little time to get yeah. their feet back underneath them, and that's they were why off for and me, running. when I'm thinking about the Steelers, especially in that opener, which we're going to get into a lot more come Monday, it's Monday Night Football, so we're not going to give you Five Star yeah, Friday. I know, know, know you disappoint our buddy Thrash. He, yeah. He's all excited for Five Star Friday, but yeah, we got to save it for Monday. Yeah, because it's, it's a game day. It's, yeah, it's a, the, the, the show the, before the, show the game. The game. Absolutely. So we're going to get to that on Monday, but. For me, man, when I'm thinking just about the Steelers and the veteran group that they have along with the veteran coaching staff they have, that makes me so much excited about this matchup come Monday because the Giants are the opposite. They they are in a worse situation than the Texans in terms of roster turnover, in terms of head coach or coaching staff turnover as well. So when you see that, man, that's why, like I said, the Chiefs last night and that veteran group and how they looked really has me encouraged about what the Steelers are going to be able to do come Monday, man. I, I like that kind of uh, that tie what we saw last night into the local angle. I mean, that's great radio broadcasting by you there, Arthur Motes. I, I learned from the best, man. And I think... I didn't think. I I think I agree with you. Is what I was going to say. I hadn't really thought about um, that as it relates to the Steelers, but I like. Uh, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I, I think that continuity is going to be important. Um, this, the Texans certainly did shuffle a lot more pieces on offense. I think that showed. Um, the Chiefs, as you mentioned, 20 of 22 starters back, and the one of the two that they had to plug in was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who it was a could great, arguably be better than absolutely. the starter that they had last absolutely. year. They, listen, honestly. The way Clyde looked last night, like I said, we're not going to crown him off of one game, but that was a very impressive rookie performance, debut performance. Yeah, with no preseason, with no nothing. Absolutely. That was his first time wearing a Chiefs uniform against another team. (laughs) Absolutely. So for me, man, just seeing that, dude, he looked like the best back that they've had in five, ten years easily. Like I said, Kareem Hunt was very productive, but he never looked like that. That looked dangerous last night. Kareem, he was more so – a, a very good compliment, whereas Clyde looks like he can be like one of the main focal points of that offense. I mean, dude, it was what the third quarter before we even heard Tyree Kill's name, and they were still up two scores. Right. Like, it's crazy. So, for me, man, like I said, that veteran group that we saw there, man, in terms of the continuity, that's what made me ultimately feel that hey, man, the Steelers are going to be just. Awesome. I, I like that. I like that takeaway yeah. from you. Here's here's the one that I took kind of bigger picture. 
54 points between those two teams last night. Shout out to the over-under, guys. I think a lot of people are going to now say, all right, well, that's going to happen all weekend across the NFL. I would caution to slow your roll. Very much. I mean, these are two still two of the better offenses in the National I mean, Football League. I mean, two of the, the top quarterbacks in this league, yes. top ten quarterbacks in this league. With Head Deshaun coaches Watson. that are yeah. offensive-minded. Absolutely. Yeah, I— I know a lot of people are going to see that from last night, well, and so on Sunday they're just going to over, 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 over. And, and I, w- I would be cautious with we that. We could add another caveat to this. We both know the Chiefs and the Texans, from a defensive standpoint, hmm. they flash at times. Hmm. But they the got some dude, nice individual playmakers. Yeah, they, 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 listen, over a course of four quarters, they will give you a couple of plays here and there to make you think something. But when you really get down to the meat and potatoes, they are who they are. They are not the most impressive yeah, when it comes the to Steelers, their defense. They're not the Niners. Correct. They're not the Ravens, the Patriots. Yeah. They their defenses don't operate like that. They have really good individuals. Obviously, your JJ Watts. We talked about your uh, Tyron Matthews, your Chris mm-hmm. Jones, and stuff Absolutely. like that. But as a whole, these teams' identities are not defense. Nope. So that also plays into the 54 points that were scored last night, man. Yes, it Don't does. fall for the banana in the tailpipe, baby. <laughs> and I'm not either because I know I got to go to break, all right? So with that being said, take the under this weekend, baby. Well, we will get to that later. Jeweler and Mosa on SNR, baby. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Return of Euler and Motes. Return of the Motes. Hey now, bills have been paid. We are back on the air. Euler and Motes, man, you know we got to talk some more of this talk, man. But um, before we really get into the, some of this Steelers stuff, and we got some other cool stuff planned for the rest of the show, I did want to uh, bring up the Dak Prescott thing, man. Mm. Um, yes, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, it, you know me. I'm a big fan of guys showing the vulnerability, guys being open, because the stigma and the perception about men is we always have to be tough. We can never show vulnerability. We talk about how professional athletes, especially quarterbacks, like you're not allowed to show weakness. You're not allowed to – Act as if everything isn't perfect. And Dak Prescott, man, for those that don't know, he had recently came out and uh, he was doing an interview. And he was saying that basically he had battled depression and it was really rough for him, especially after his brother passed mm-hmm. away. He said uh, during the COVID-19 situation in terms the, of being locked down. The pandemic and lockdown and my like, brother passing away. Yeah. And, and for me, man, I thought that that took a lot of courage to say because that's not easy to put that vulnerability out there. It's not easy, especially for those that have battled depression, those that deal with anxiety, those that deal with those type of situations, because it's not something that you can just physically see. People don't take it as serious as it should be taken. And the thing that I did enjoy about Dak coming out and saying that, even though, like I said, some people looked at it as oh it's a weakness and kind of gave him you know some some harsh criticism for it and not right and they it wasn't deserved at all but the thing that I did enjoy was by him coming out and talking about it it really allowed other people to speak on similar situations that they had to endure and ultimately to me I was just saying to myself like man you don't know how many lives you just saved because of you bringing that up that's going to make somebody understand that it's okay to talk about Man, if you're dealing with depression, if you're dealing with anxiety, if you're dealing with whatever it may be, you know that, hey, it's other people out here that's dealing with it. And you also see that when you do speak on it, 
well, people are going to reach out to you to make sure that they can assist you in any way. And when it comes to depression, when it comes to mental health, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter how successful you are. It doesn't matter what color you are, what gender you are. It's something that people just deal with. A lot of people. And it's very common. It's common, common, man. But for me, man, seeing Dak being able to stand up and say that type of stuff, man, and ultimately providing that type of encouragement, that type of motivation, man, I just wanted to really shout him out for that. Even though this is still a nation radio and I know Wes loves Jerry Jones and the Cowboys. <laughs> Stop it. But for me, man, I just, I just really wanted to tip my cap to him because for me, that hit it, it really hit home because I know people on a personal level that deal with this type of stuff. And it's scary because you never know what can set them off. You never know how low they could potentially be, even though they're smiling. Even though they're smiling, you just never really think about, know. Think about Robin Williams. Absolutely. Robin Williams was making there, everybody was laugh, man. That smiled and was Come funnier on, than man. that. And it wasn't like Robin wasn't just coming out and making some awesome movies on top of it. But you just never know. And that's the part that sucks, man. So if you know anybody that's dealing with depression or anxiety, or even if you are, just know that you're not alone, man. Know that, hey, man, people are out there for you. They care about you, man. Our DMs are open. Hey, no question. No question. Hey, that definitely gets responses. Yes. Without a doubt, man. Yes. I, yeah. I'm very glad because we came in here, you know, uh, like Usain Bolt in a in a 200-meter dash. <laughs> we had a lot of things we wanted to get to today. You know, we're, we're doing our little normal pre-show meeting, and we're got, oh, we got to hit this, and we got to hit that, and make sure before we get out of here, we got to do this. And you said we got to talk about this DAC thing for a couple minutes, and I'm so glad you did because there is so much going on um, in Steeler land and in the national scope of the NFL being back last night. But all the criticism of DAC, Motes, like, it reminds me of the mindset I would have had when I was 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Like, who really grows up and still thinks that, like, oh, to be a real man, you can never cry, and you, you got to, like— you're gonna never show any weakness, and if if you've got issues, if you've got depression, or you got anxiety, you got to bury it down deep inside your soul and never talk about because it. Because like, that's how men are supposed to act. I would argue the complete opposite. Like Dak Prescott being transparent with that stuff, it now makes him more relatable to his teammates. Like you don't think Dak Prescott uh, <laughs> on a roster of 53 men plus what? is 17 practice squad, 15 practice squad guys, something this year, plus an entire organization of trainers and coaches and scouts and front office people and finance people and everything that goes into an NFL team. You don't think that there's multiple people in the Cowboys organization alone, Mm -hmm. forget across the NFL, just in the Cowboys organization that heard what Dak said and related to that. It reminded them of something they've gone through or maybe something that a close family member, a close friend has gone through or is going through. Motes, a couple weeks ago, before school started, I I saw a poll that, like, since this whole pandemic and everything, it's something like 21, 22% of teenagers and young adults had contemplated suicide in the last four months. Like, this is a real thing. And to kind of bring this back, too, to where we uh, started the conversation at the top of the show, this is a very real thing for the members of our military, our service, our service men and women. This is a very real thing. We talk a lot about how the suicide rate is incredibly high, way too high for our veterans. It's something we should be talking about more, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. When, when you have somebody, and we've, we haven't said his name, but when you have somebody with the profile, with the platform, with the following, with the reach of Skip Bless Bayless, you, yeah. who goes on national TV and makes a mockery out of depression, 
That's it, that's unacceptable. It's, it's unacceptable. unacceptable. It's an insult to every American who's going through it, who's had something in their family. It's an insult to our veterans. Literally dozens of their lives taken every day because they deal with this stuff. PTSD, depression, anxiety, uh, military lives, civilian lives. Uh, there's been a lot of that, you know, okay, well, yeah, the virus kills this many people, but drunk driving kills this many people. You know, we've done a lot of that. I don't care where you sit on the political spectrum. This is something, maybe today's episode should be called Unity. This is something, <laughs> Unity! We, this is something we should all be behind in this country now because it's not the 90s anymore. It's not, it's not time to be a macho, macho man or woman. We know how serious mental health is to a, a large chunk of this population. Um, a lot of times, particularly young people, a lot of times, particularly military veterans who we claim to care so much about. If anything, not if anything, to me it does, it makes Dak Prescott more relatable, it makes him a stronger leader, not the opposite, and anybody who's spouting that, that's that's garbage, man. Like, that is legitimately dangerous to people's lives. No question, Like, it's man. not you and I getting on here and, you know, I'm, I'm trashing Josh Allen and you're trashing Sam Darnold. <laughs> that doesn't threaten anybody's life. Correct. Making a mockery of mental health. It legitimately and threatens people's well being. Yeah. Threatens people's well being. I'm glad you said something about that today. I'm glad we talked about this because again, there's some issues that you and I discuss that people can sit on both sides of the fence on. This should not be one of them. No on question. September 11th, when we've been screaming about unity in this country for months now, this is something that we should all be behind. We should all condemn those comments from Skip Bayless, and we should all encourage Dak and others to continue to do the same. Absolutely, man. Like you said, big-time leadership by Dak. Being the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, understanding that yeah. – th just think about this from a, a money standpoint as well. Him putting that out there, it could have backfired without a doubt from his sponsor standpoint, from a contract negotiation standpoint. But he understands it's bigger than that. It's bigger than just football. It's bigger than just what the dollar amount is in your account. He understands that, yeah, man, by me coming out and saying that, that's going to save somebody's life. And I think that, man, that should not be understated in, in, in any way, shape, or form because that is not easy to do, especially on that type of level, especially with that type of platform, yeah. man. Yeah, no, like 100%. I, like I said, I'm very glad that you made sure we discussed this today before we get back to some stiller things. Mm -hmm. Because, again, uh, Moats, I'm not – I'm not 16, 17 years old right. anymore. I, I don't think showing emotion means you're you're a big wussy, you're a big sissy. I, I, I just I don't buy that. That's such an old, antiquated mentality. Like I said, it's, it's, and it's one that's cost people their lives. Yeah. It, it, if anything, you show more strength by showing your emotion 100%, 100%. by being transparent. You're more, man. you're more vulnerable. Yeah. Anybody can do the whole oh nothing's wrong with me, tough guy facade. I'm Leo. the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. I'm about to sign a big contract. Yeah. Life's great. Right. And like I said, anybody could try to put that up there, but man, it takes courage. It takes toughness. It takes just a backbone to be able to come out and really say that type of stuff, man. So like I said, man, definitely big time kudos to Dak. But as we transition a little bit here, man, going to the Steelers, we had two very, very key names on the injury report yesterday that did not practice. Unfortunately um, so. Yes, indeed. Um, we're talking about wide receiver Deontay Johnson, who's dealing with, I believe it's a foot injury, and then uh, David DeCastro, who's dealing with a knee. I think that's what they had it listed as, man. Whew. Concerned? So let's play the game, right? Um, uh oh, here we go, here we go, here we go. Concerned, worried, panicked. Uh-huh. Uh, calm, concerned, worried, panicked. Mm -hmm. I'm in between calm and concerned. Okay. Uh 
maybe more so with the Castro, just yes. because this seems to be something that's been lingering it's lasted all, a little bit longer. all training camp. Yeah. yeah. Um, with Deontay Johnson, hopefully it's just a minor thing. Maybe he misses Monday night. Now, the fact that the Steelers play on Monday, now maybe we, we want that extra day. Yeah. That extra day could, yeah. could work out in this regard. I mean, because typically, if, if you don't this practice was, on Thursday, you right, don't play it doesn't on Sunday. Look good. Yeah. But the Steelers don't play on Sunday, they play on Monday. Right. And that's the first thing I thought yesterday, too. So maybe that's why, if it's on a, again, our, our scale of calm, concerned, worried, panicked, I'm between calm and concerned. It's not how you want to start the season. Um, but at the same time, you know what, Motsi, if, if we had to pick two position groups to have an injury. I mean, other than cornerback, those would probably be yeah. the other two that we feel good about some of those depth options. I so will it, say this, though. I probably feel better about wide receivers yes. Yes, and O-line. Just because with O-line, you already have two new guys, two new positions. And not position even new guys talking on that file, but just yeah. different positions. Now, he's playing left guard right. predominantly. Right. Zach Barron just got named as a starting right tackle, so he's playing right tackle predominantly. No longer the extra old lineman, no longer right. 72 is eligible. So that's my only concern with DeCastro. And like you said, his seems to be more problematic because it's been lingering at least the past week to two weeks of training camp now. So that's with DeCastro definitely concerned with Deontay. I'm still calm right now. A lot's going to tell me today. Yeah. I'll be interested to see yes. the practice report. Today is going to be huge in terms of the practice availability. I know since they plan on Monday, today and tomorrow are going to be both like pseudo Friday practices. Correct. Where it's more condensed. They're not on the field as long. Typically, you want your guys on the field during this. Now, with DeCastro, if he's good to go, he won't need today or tomorrow to practice, right? But with Deontay, because he's still younger and doesn't have as much football experience. I would want to see him out there at least one of these two days for me to feel more confident with him come Monday night. But I do think, man. It, Wait, Arthur Motes, breaking news. What we got? What we got? Fingers crossed. Deontay Johnson practicing today. Beautiful. I love to hear it. Woo! Teresa tweeted. Love to hear it. Shout Teresa, out to Teresa. Uh, tweeted out. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster said that Deontay Johnson practiced Friday after he missed yesterday with a foot injury. Good. Let's go. I and, love uh, it. Shout out to uh, Steel City Reese. He was the one who who put me onto this That's on tight, Twitter. Man. So good. Hey, good. There we go. Right. We got some, We're good, some breaking man. news. Uh, just six minutes ago, it looks like it was announced that he did practice this morning. So they must have had a morning. So practice now I today. feel a lot more confident me with too. him, man. Because all right, so I'm back to calm yes. on our on our on our scale of Absolutely. calm to panic. In fact, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm completely calm with Deontay. I'm taking him off my list. Yeah, and I'm concerned with the cash is the one I'm concerned with right now just because it's been lingering on. And like I said, from a depth standpoint, even though they have a lot of depth on the offensive line, I just don't like opening game, no preseason, two new starters guaranteed, and now potentially a third new guy. Yes. And when you you haven't had really the time, like it's such a And let's be real, when you're talking about the Giants too – their strength is their D-line. D-line and edge rushes. Like, they get after the quarterback. They had, what, Marcus Golden had mm-hmm. 10 sacks last year. Mm-hmm. They got the other two linebackers that have four, yep. four, four sacks is, and four Lawrence and a half. Lawrence is healthy now. Absolutely. So, for me, that does give me some concern because the secondary, and we'll get into that matchup a lot more. On they Monday, don't really, baby. Yeah, they don't really have enough to really bother the Steelers, but that D-line – could definitely present some challenges because they w- that was a productive bunch. Their D-line and outside linebackers that they utilized, that was a very productive bunch last year. So that's going to be something that we should definitely continue to monitor, especially tomorrow. But did he, you – I just ahead. wanted to ask real quick. Did you hear um, Joe Judge did his, like, Pittsburgh yes. media availability? Yes. Did you know that Mike Tomlin was his mentor? I did not know that. I didn't either. Where at, though? Um – it would have been Tampa. It had or been Tampa or Minnesota. Minnesota, right? yeah. Um, 
So he, Joe Judge, uh, had some really nice things to say about the Steelers organization. Um, he yeah, said, I saw his comments about Big Ben. That was good. Yeah, and yeah. he said that for him, like, uh, that ever since, you know, he got into the business, like, he has thought that the Steelers organization personifies continuity mm-hmm. in, in sports. Um, he's got all the respect for, for the Rooney family and for Kevin Colbert. Um, talked about how Mike Tomlin was like a mentor to him and, and gave him, you know, all kinds of chances. It looks like, hmm. Hmm. Do you know? I don't know. Maybe it was when. Where all in college did Mike Tomlin coach besides VMI? Did he coach anywhere else in college besides VMI? I'm gonna pull this up here real quick. Uh, I'm trying to think because I know Keith Butler was in Memphis. Yeah. So Memphis, Arkansas State, yeah. and it looks like University of Cincinnati. Yeah, because him and Butler were together well. in Memphis. Yeah, okay. I remember that. Interesting. So maybe maybe it was at, during their time in, in college football. Um, but Joe Judge, some really nice things to say about Mike Tomlin, about the Steelers organization. It'll be interesting to see how they want to attack the Steelers with this kind of the offensive line being, you know, shuffling some parts here close Correct. to Monday night. Like you said, and that's prior to DeCastro not being available either. Right. There was already going to be some concerns just in the opening matchup because of the new right tackle and Zach Banner along with Matt Filer, like I said, predominantly playing left guard. So it's going to be interesting to just see how this thing progresses, man. And like I said, we'll keep an eye on it, man. As as we just saw live on air, we got news Deontay <laughs> practice. So that's a game changer. We know what he brings to the table and how impactful he can be. So hopefully uh, it's just one and not two. The common thread that brought Joe Judge and Mike Tomlin together, Amos Jones, okay. who uh, was a coach at Mississippi State where Joe Judge played um, and and was a coach as well. Uh, Tomlin worked with Jones at the University of Cincinnati. Nice. So that's, okay. the, that's the connection there. So it looks like they both had kind of similar mentors in a regard yeah. who, who hooked up Mike Tomlin, you know, the, the little bit more seasoned guy. Not that Mike Tomlin's old by any means, but Joe Judge, you know, still 38 years old, a little bit younger. So there's the connection. I, find I knew we were going to find, find it, some man. information here. Look, so. look, look at West putting on his Big J journalist <laughs> pants, Jay man. I like it. Pants. So, yeah, good news. Deontay Johnson practiced today. That, uh, that makes me feel much better about Monday. Absolutely, man. But, hey, look, we're about to go to the break. But when we come back, Uh-oh, hour number we two? are talking season awards, man. We got to do Ooh, our prediction. We're like talking this. MVP, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, offensive rookie, defensive rookie, coach of the year. Spo- and we got to pick the division champions, right? Now. S- spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Who you got? Jacksonville and Cincinnati are both going to win their division this year. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Joe Burrow MVP. So with that being said, man, we're going to pay these bills, man. It's Euler and Motes on SNR. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Good evening, Steeler Nation! How we doing? Fantastic. Oh, that's fantastical then. Euler and Most Man, our number two. Are you mocking me? No, I would never do such a thing. <laughs> Bloody marvelous, you know that. Good sir. <laughs> but it's our number two, man. We hinted to it on the other side, man, and we are finally here. It's time to do some of our 
preseason awards. I think it's know? required. Like we have it to, is. we have to do this the weekend before the season starts. Everybody who does a sports radio show, yes. you have to say, all right, here's who's going to win MVP. Here's right. who's going to win the, the NFC division. West. Yeah, because if you don't, you got to. I mean, if what you are we don't, doing then here? you you don't have no ground to stand on when it comes. <laughs> oh, this team is six and up. Oh, yeah, I right? threw that going in. No, you didn't because you ain't safe. It's like don't let me hear you complain about the elections if you didn't vote. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> so we're getting our ballots in now. Okay, you don't have to mail these in. You just got to have some headphones or just have a speaker. We're going to get it with you the way it needs to be got. And if you miss it live, oh, don't worry because we got a podcast too. Commercial free on demand? Absolutely. Still is bliss with the Z. Every single day. Come on, baby. So you're going to have numerous opportunities to get this and tell a friend. But to start out, man, of course it will be easy to talk about our individual accolades, our MVPs and all those stuff. We're going to get to that. But we're we, team guys. But we got to talk team first. Big team guys. It's all about the name on the front, not the name that's on the right. back. That's, that's what they right. would say. But my check pays me directly. So uh, <laughs> that's that. But anywho, anywho. Well, you mean everybody on the team's not getting the same? They don't just divide, playoffs. They don't just divide the pot fifty three ways. And, playoffs. Uh, you do playoffs. That's why nobody likes playoffs. Well, play. <laughs> speaking of who's gonna make the playoffs. <laughs> so with that being said, man, and, and, and look. I'm saving the best for last, all right? So we're not even going to start AFC North. I'm letting you know now we're ending with the AFC North, okay? I like it. Because we, we flip-flop. Sometimes we like to start out with the creme de la creme, the number one on the list. Sometimes we have to go from the back and work our way forward. Mm-hmm. I'm in a reverse type of mood. Hey, so with that being most, said, man, Friday, baby. that being said, I'm starting with the NFC West, man. Okay. We know the teams in that division, man. And they are. It's a sneakily stacked division. We talk about the NFC West, man. They have some multiple playoff teams in there, some legitimate bona fide contenders in there. But yeah, for me, do. man, but for me, the, the team that I'm leaning towards right now, and I've still been going back and forth, as I'm about to say it right now, I'm still 50-50. But I think I'm going with the Niners, man. Uh, I just think that they have the more complete team out there. We're talking offense, defense, special teams, coaching staff. They have uh, really good talent. Like you talked about the O-line, Trent Williams, that addition to him is huge. Big. With their, uh, the, the biggest concern for them right now was wide receiver with some of the injuries they've had. I mean, they went through a phase. They were st- assigning a different wide receiver every day. A different WVU like, wide receiver yeah, every day. on top of that, man, it was crazy. <laughs> but we know in San Fran, the wide receivers are an accessory. They're not a necessity. Whereas we know the tight end is George Kittle, mm-hmm. and they took care of him because that is wide receiver number one out there in San Fran. They did a great job of re-signing Raheem Mostert. So with that being said, man, I think the, the, the Niners will win the NFC West. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, it's a really good division. I think the Rams could have a bounce back from from being a little under 500 last year. I think the Cardinals could certainly win seven, eight games this year, something like that. Niners or Seahawks for me. Um, I mean, because it's hard to go against Russ. It's, it is, it's hard to go against Russ. Always. It's hard to go against always Russ, particularly when man. he's when he's got uh, Jamal Adams now running with Bobby Wagner on the other DK side. DK Metcalf year two. Spoiler alert, I will have the Seahawks as one of my wild card teams, but I'm with you, Motsi. I think the Niners win the division again. I, I don't see them winning 13 games, but Correct. I think probably 11 is still enough for them to win the division. Seattle mm-hmm. goes 10-6, and six, Niners go 11-5, and five, something like that. Absolutely, man. All right, so now sticking with the NFC, man, we're going to go to the NFC South, man, the, the division that has had all the movement and hype throughout this offseason, man. When we look at the storylines, obviously you got your team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, <laughs> the return of Big Gronk. I mean, that team, I mean, ha- has won the offseason, man. Very I like Cleveland Brown style the past mm. two years. Not putting that on them, but just saying in general the type of hype they've received. We know you got the Saints in there, man, who've been my dominant. Favorite, my favorite team. I mean, they've been dominant throughout the regular season the past couple of years, but haven't really had the playoff success 
in terms of getting to the Super Bowl, we know that they had the, the, the craziness that's taken place in two of the past three playoff appearances that they've had. But either way, it hasn't the the uh, regular season success they had hasn't carried over yeah. into the postseason. And then when you look at Carolina, man, they got a new quarterback in Teddy, two gloves, new Teddy coach. Bridgewater, new coach and Matt Rule. They're excited, man. So when I think of those teams in particular, I, I, I'm still kind of going back and forth because I'm like, man, yeah. And, and I don't want to feel like I'm not talking about the Atlanta Falcons. I just feel like we know kind of who they are. They'll win seven or eight games. Right. That, that's just that's just what they are yeah. right now. I mean, it, it, we know they're never going to do enough to really get back in the conversation right now right. as their roster stands. But they won't be a doormat either. Correct. Yeah. We're not talking they're about not the Jaguars or, or the Bengals. Or how like since or... he was. Right. They won't yeah. be like that, but they're just not necessarily in this type of conversation. They're very I feel mediocre. Like in the NFC South, it's a two-horse race. We know it's Saints I agree. and Tampa Bay. For me, I'm leaning with the Saints, man, for multiple reasons, man. Number one, we talked about the veteran group, right? We talked about how the Kansas City Chiefs have a veteran group and how just that continuity has helped them so much more in terms yep. of offseason like now. With the Saints, they've had the same coach for years. They've had the same quarterback for years. Michael Thomas has been there for years. All Alvin the, Kamara, all they're the taking offensive care of line still together. Absolutely, on the defensive side of the ball. They have a whole bunch of those players coming back. The only player that they ended up losing, honestly, was Eli Apple. Mm-hmm. And then, he wasn't that good anyways. But then they bring in Malcolm Jenkins they're, in free agency. Absolutely, that's an upgrade. Yeah. So when, when I look at all of those variables – that's why I lean more towards the Saints, whereas with the Bucks, yes, they have the personnel in terms of Tom Brady coming down there and taking mm-hmm. over. Huge upgrade. We know Gronk coming back. Huge upgrade. But because those two have not been around those other guys that long, because Leonard Fournette has just got signed there a couple days ago, it's just too many moving pieces right now in a, in a year like now. And I just think they're still going to be a, a really good team. I think they'll get around double-digit wins. But for me, I just think they're going to start out a little bit slower than expected. And the Saints, they're going to hit the ground rolling because of the people that they already have and the continuity that we talked about. And I just see a scenario where by the time the Bucks get hot and get rolling, they're already they're playing catch-up throughout the year. And we know how that trad- traditionally goes when you're trying to chase right. the Saints. So that's why, for me, I have the Saints winning the NFC South. We're two for two so far. I all this all the logic you just rolled out there, I completely agree. Um, maybe if it wasn't a pandemic off season, condensed off season, no OTAs, no mini camp, no preseason games, I would feel better about the Bucks start. But I'm with you. I think that's going to be the difference. Now, if you're if we're going to look into our crystal ball and say the the Bucks go further than the Saints in the playoffs, or the Bucks right, beat that's the a Saints in the playoffs, yeah. that's a different conversation. But I'm with you. I think the Saints that continuity is going to shine through, particularly in the beginning of the season, particularly now that it appears they have satisfied Alvin Kamara, great offensive line, Hall of Fame quarterback Kamara, Michael Thomas, that defense, a head coach that even though I'm not a fan of him, I could obviously admit that he's a very good head coach. I would say you got to respect him. You don't got to like him, but you got to respect yep. that man. NFC South, I'm going the Saints as well. I like it, man. All right, so now we're going to the NFC East, our division, the division that we can never seem <laughs> to agree upon because they got a team that wears Kelly Green, and we know how much you love Kelly Green and regular green and forest green uh, and hunter actually, green and like whatever other type green. of green that you can have. We know you love that. All right? I like when we're talking about money, maybe, but that's about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you always remind us of how you got your start in the Philly market, and it was just so awesome for you, and you just loved it. I and, mean, I and did. You, and you I, got a Super Bowl I did credit. Get a, I did get a thanks to uh, Eagles Radio Network studio engineer Wesley Euler read after the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm just saying. You know what I mean? So so I understand your love affair with Philly. <laughs> I know the NFC East, sometimes you pick with your heart and not with your head, and that's completely understandable. 
But for me, man, this is another division where it's a two-horse race. I think yep. Joe Judge and the Giants are going to struggle. Obviously, the Washington football team, even though I think that they are probably going to Surprise, Surprise some people, some people yeah. because for them, they've had to deal with so much this offseason between Dan Snyder, between the name change, between the culture, between cutting Adrian Peterson, between Darius Geis and his situation. I mean, the list and goes just a pandemic. The <laughs> list goes on and on and on. I think for them, they're going to get out here and be just, oh, breath of fresh air. We right. get to just play football. But to me, this is very much a two-horse race between the Cowboys and the Eagles. And for me, the reason why I'm going with the Cowboys is because we talked about how the Eagles typically have dealt with injuries the past couple of years, a lot of them, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Typically, those injuries happen, though, during the season. This year, they've lost so many pieces on offense already. By the time, the, and like I said, the season hasn't even started yet. They've lost, I mean, offensive line. You look at the offensive line. Shout out to Jason Peters, too. He got that, new, he got that new money. They, they did Ooh. that. Hey. Jason Peters no, said, you're worth, young Jason man. Peters said, young I'll come man, back to play left 40. tackle for five million. But if you I mean I'm I'll come back to play left guard for five million, you but you want me to play million? left tackle, you want hey, hey, run it up. And they definitely did. So shout out to him for that That's one. That's what we call scheming up. Oh, no question, man. No question. I said, I wish I would have known that when I was hey, I'm an inside linebacker. Okay, I'll play inside linebacker for this much. Also, I love it. Oh, you need a little boost. See, I, I didn't know we could do that. But then, man, shout out yeah, to him for that, man. It's a huge concern. The Eagles are already dealing with a lot of injury concerns. Between, between. We haven't even played a game yet. I would say the injuries concerns you have, obviously, Marquise Goodwin, who decided to uh, mm -hmm. to not play because of the COVID uh, pandemic. It's just a lot of talented players that they aren't going to have available, or they will get them back at some point along the journey, hopefully. But like you said, that's before they even start playing in the regular wear and tear of the season happens. Whereas with the Cowboys, they are extremely healthy. They got better offensively and defensively. We talked about the, them drafting CeeDee Lamb to go along with that very, very stacked and talented offense that the Cowboys have out there. You have a highly motivated Dak coming off of a career year of 4,900 passing yards. On the defensive side of the ball, the two names that stand out to me the most, Everson Griffin and Randy Gregory. Yep. The fact that you bring both of those guys back or bring Gregory back but go and get and Everson Griffin, Griffin and in. you having him with Demarcus Lawrence, Man, that is scary. That is scary, scary. So for me, man, I just think the Cowboys being the more healthy team, I do think that Mike McCarthy, even though I have question marks about him, I think he's a better coach and leader than a Jason Garrett was. And they still have the same offensive coordinator there that helped Dak last year. So when I think of that, for me, I, I give the Cowboys the nod for the NFC East. Three for three. Uh, oh, if I, I, I can't imagine. You really going to go if, against if, your Eagles? If we would have made these picks uh, a couple months ago, I would have gone with the Eagles. But an uh, uh, offensive line that's already banged up. Javon Hargrave is banged up. I say uh, he's going to miss time. I forgot all about Jaylen that. Jalen Rager yeah. and Alshon Jeffrey are banged up. Miles Sanders, who you and I both really like. Banged we thought up, he was yeah. going to take off this year in his sophomore season. Austin Dillard. He hasn't been practicing. Yeah. Dillard's out. Uh, Brandon Brooks, who you mentioned, probably their best offensive lineman isn't going to play He was the reason why Jason Peters wasn't brought back. Exactly. Let's be real about it. <laughs> exactly. And while all that's happened, the Cowboys uh, added Everson Griffin. Mm -hmm. The Eagles, who were flirting with Yannick Ngakwe for a while, didn't get that done. I'm, and, I'm, and along with the Dallas, you're going to have a healthy Leighton Vanderish as well to correct. pair him back with Jalen Smith. I'm, I'm going with the Cowboys. Yeah, the, the Cowboys, they just, they're too healthy to have too many weapons as it stands today. So, yeah, I'm glad we can agree three upon that, three. man. I, I'm a little surprised, but I feel like, man, we're, we're not going to be agreeing like this too no, much now more, No, now listen, man. when you and I are just bantering, sometimes I yeah. can, I can you know, I can 
do the Homer thing. Yeah. But when I'm putting my predictions on oh, record, uh-oh, all right, I'm uh-oh. being I'm being honest okay, here. I'm okay. Not, I'm not just playing the crowd here. Okay. I like it. So well, you know, I'm I got a guy got to go with the Cowboys. Well, and look for me. I'm just glad that I got to go first today because otherwise you would say that I was copying your paper. It's true. So now that I'm going out there first. We're out. good, man. All right. Let's see if we're yeah. four for four in the NFC. So, here. so so now, man, going up north, man, to the NFC North, and that's a very unique division. I do feel like that's another very competitive division. Obviously, you have the Chicago. Bears who named Mitch Trubisky as a starter <sighs> I think that was because of Matt Nagy still being there a different coaching staff they don't make that decision right because they're you, still the staff that, that you, you selected have to do him it. third Absolutely. overall ahead and, of Holmes and Watson and it's a lot easier to go from Mitchell Trubisky to Nick Foles and then back to Trubisky you can't go Nick Foles and then go to Trubisky. It doesn't work that way. It's just because of the politics of that position, and we know how sensitive quarterbacks are. We can't really mm. bring too much competition for them. <laughs> but that's for another day. The Detroit Lions, they're bringing back uh, Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. They definitely did some good things. Big uh, year with, for with, Matt with, Patricia. Uh, and, and along with, uh, was it uh, – Kenny Galladay is up there as yep. well, man. Although he hasn't yeah. been practicing. I know. It's crazy, Which man. Which stinks because I got him on my fantasy team. Yeah, but they did. Uh, was it DeAndre Swift, though? They did bring him mm-hmm. in the draft, so that's going to be a huge upgrade. The Vikings, though, man, the Vikings and the Packers, I still feel like they're the front runners, the cream agree. of the crop of that division. The Vikings, obviously, uh, Daniel Hunter, he's going to be out for a little while. He got put on injury reserve. But they did bring in Yannick Ngakwe. They we did. talked about how great he was in Jacksonville through all the turmoil. It was going to be a Philly big pickup for one of the NFC teams. <laughs> yes, indeed, man. And they got Kirk Cousins. That's your boy, Captain Kirk. Kirk Coupons. Uh, along with bringing in, like I said, man, from a receiving standpoint, even though they lose digs, we talked about this uh, last episode. They uh, they get the care from LSU. Was it uh, Justin Simmons? Justin Simmons. Yep. yep. So so when you look at all those pieces, I'm like, the Vikings definitely look good. I could definitely see them having success. But I'm still going to go with the Packers. I think that as a whole, with Aaron Rodgers Aaron Jones coming back, Devontae Adam. They just have a ton of talent on offense. I know people will say, well, they didn't draft anybody to help them out. They really didn't need to, in my personal opinion. When you look at Aaron Rodgers' stats, they were still top-notch. He still had a what, a 3-1, to one, almost 4-1 to one touchdown to interception ratio. When you look at how many yards he passed, over 4,000 yards, he was efficient, he was effective. I think the difference last year compared to the years in past he had a legit running game. Mm-hmm. So it took a lot of that pressure mm-hmm. off of him. You, you don't win 13 games with a bad offense. I'm, I'm telling you that now. You do not. <laughs> they they and, and Especially, especially in they, 2020. Right, in 2020. <laughs> if we're talking 10 years ago, it's a different game. Hey, we're talking 20, 30 years ago, right, it's a different game. <laughs> 2020, that's not how you win. Right. But when you look at Aaron Jones, the year that he had, that shows you a lot why you didn't have to lean on Aaron Rodgers in these crazy heroic performances. And I think because of that, the perception was, oh, well, man, Aaron had a down year. He needs more offensive help. He needs to throw more. No, when you got that type of running game, we saw last night with Mahomes. We know Mahomes can make every throw. We know Mahomes can throw it 60 times, but they didn't need to because Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was, a, was phenomenal out the backfield. Similar situation there in Green Bay. And then when you got the Smith boys, man, with Preston and Zadarius. Those are your boys. All right, man, I tell you, I love them guys, man. I love them. I love them. So when, when I think of all of those guys, man, and, and the continuity that they have, obviously, year or two with, with uh, Matt LaFleur, I just see the Packers ultimately winning that division, man. So that's why I got them taking the NFC North. Four for four. Whoa. I think it'll be close. Closer than it was last year. Oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't think the Packers will win 13 games again. I think the Vikings will push them. I think the Lions, as long as Stafford plays 16 games, they will be improved. I think the Bears will be improved as well, too. 
regardless of what they do at quarterback. Uh, but I'm going the Packers as well. They got the continuity to a, to a point, you know, second year now with LaFleur. They got the guy that I think is, is still one of the best three quarterbacks in the National Football League, even though he's still not the same as he was four years ago. He's still dang good. Uh, I am going Packers as well. So we are clean sweep, Arthur Motes. Wow. Niners, Saints, Cowboys, Packers in the NFC. Uh, do you want to go one AFC division here before we go to break, or do you want to give the th- your three uh, NFC wildcard teams? Oh, man. So we do got to start moving this a little bit here. Let's go to one <laughs> AFC team, man. Because, okay. yeah, that whole wildcard is going to be a whole other conversation. I feel like it's going to take us down for a little while, too, man. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll go AFC West, man. We okay. obviously saw one of those teams last night with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I don't really see this as even a surprise here. Not a lot of competition <laughs> yeah, we, in terms of pushing this quickly. team. So we're going to be 5 for 5, man. I got the Kansas City Chiefs winning the AFC West. All right, just throwing that out yeah, there. Spoiler we don't even alert. really honestly need to talk about that. In yeah. fact, let's do another AFC division yeah. here before so, we go so, to break. So I before we go to, yeah, I'm going to say, so we're 5 for 5 right now, man. We'll go <laughs> AFC South, though, because this is pretty interesting, man. Obviously, we saw the Texans last night. They flashed. They showed some things. The Colts obviously got the big addition of, Pey- uh, of not Peyton Man, and Phillip Rivers coming in there. Mm-hmm. And there's still com- some concerns around him, but as a whole, they definitely improved offensively and defensively. And you got Jacksonville, who, yeah, there's just Jacksonville. Could so be we're the worst team in the league. This year. Could be. But this is another one of those. This is another three horse race, legitimately. But for me, man, I'm leaning with the Tennessee Titans. I think, man, the addition of Jadavion Clowney is going to be a huge pickup for them. They really haven't had that type of X factor player on defense like that since probably. Uh, J- it's a big uh, since since probably Jarrell Casey, and he was more of an interior true D tackle type body type. So you think about J- uh, Jadavion Clowney. Obviously, they bring in Vic Beasley. We love their secondary. We feel like they have some playmakers out there. To me, I just think the Titans have enough, and they have that continuity. This is a very, uh, very veteran group. I mean, they've been together for a while, especially on the offensive side of the ball. In terms of Ten Hill coming in, taking over the last what ten games plus playoff run, leading to the AFC Championship game, and for me they got to play a lot longer than some of these other teams by them going to the AFC Championship game, which I think is going to pay dividends hmm. this year because of the lack of offseason, the lack Extra of preseason. Extra weeks of practice at the Absolutely. end of last season. It's like making a bowl game versus yes. not making a bowl Absolutely. game in college. Yeah. Absolutely. So for me, that's why I have the Titans ultimately winning the AFC South. I think it's going to be very close, though. Yeah, like me it, too. Could, I be feel like close, every could be the year, tightest race. Yeah, I mean, every it, year it they pretty much year. go back and forth. It's, oh, they, they beat the Texans early. Now the Texans got to beat them late. Oh, the Texans beat them early. Now they got to beat them late. It's like the AFC South and the NFL. NFC East. Always. It's, it's always, always down to Week 17. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. man. But for me, man, I'm giving the nod to, uh, to the Titans. I think, man, with Derrick Henry and what they're going to try to do in terms of establishing the running game in a year like this year, it fits perfect. Yeah. And he's healthy and he's paid so they don't have to worry about keeping the training rules on him. He doesn't have to worry about trying not to get hurt when he goes out there. He's not on the franchise tag anymore. They got him a nice extension. So for me, man, the Tennessee Titans, I have them winning the AFC South. I'm with you. Three-horse race. I didn't realize this last night, though. The Texans are going to struggle. Uh, I mean, they lost last night to the Chiefs. They have to play Baltimore next week, and then they have to play yeah. the Steelers week three. Yeah. I mean, the Texans could very easily be 0-3, and, and if that's the case, do we see them climbing out of 0-3 to make the playoffs? I don't know. It's going to be tough. So I eliminated the Texans from the at least winning the division because I, mm-hmm. I legitimately think they're going to start 0-3. Yeah. I went with the Colts. I'm happy. Finally. Finally. Sixth division. I mean, I'm, I'm glad. I truly Holy did go with the cow. Colts, but I might have just gone with them so we weren't on the same page yeah, here. Yeah, dude. I was listening. We can't agree this much, man. Um, Frank Reich, 
playing in the dome, in the controlled environment, a, a very good offensive line for Phillip Rivers. Um, they're going to need contributions from Michael Pittman. They're going to need more from the run game. Uh, they've got some young guys to, to lean on in that regard, but a very solid, very stout defense. Uh, I like Mike Vrabel a lot, but I think I like Frank. I don't think. I know I like Frank Reich more. So finally. Moats goes Titans. I go Colts. All right. All right. Can we go to break now? I need to go pay some bills, man, before I get in trouble, man. So we're going to go to the break. When we come back, though, we're going to finish this conversation about our AFC uh, predictions in terms of winning the division. We'll talk a little bit of our wild card predictions mm-hmm. as well. And, awards, and then we'll baby. get to the season awards, man, the individual accolades, because we know you love it and we love it, too. So it's Jeweler and Moats, man, still in Nation Radio. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Yeah, baby. It is us. Euler and Motes, man. <laughs> Continuing this conversation of our uh, division winners, who we think, and ultimately we're going to get to, like I said, our season awards as well. And we're going to, like I said, talk about our AFC and NFC wildcard predictions yeah, as well. Buddy. We got to get to all that. And there's plenty of time, baby. There's plenty of time. <laughs> so, to pick up where we left off, man, we're going to the AFC East now. Yep. My old stomping grounds. Your old stomping grounds. In that division, honestly, man, it's a two-horse race, but I still feel like it's pretty wide open at the same time. Obviously, you have the Buffalo Bills, man. Uh, playoff team from last year, returning pretty much all of their starters, along with major upgrades at the wide receiver position. The addition of Stephon Diggs is huge. Um, you still have the New England Patriots, though. We know with Cam Newton being named the starter, QB1, and Bill Belichick, they're going to be competitive. They just took care of uh, Stephon Gilmore, the reigning defensive player of the year. Gave him a nice little $5 million pay upgrade. Shout out to the paper. Woo! Woo! And then you got the Jets. Sam Darnold, <laughs> your boy, you know, he, he's still seeing ghosts. Uh-oh. And then in the Dolphins, you got my other guy, Ryan Fitzpatrick, man, a.k.a. Fitzmagic. But for me, man, I got to go with my old team, man, the Buffalo Bills. I just think right now they have the most complete roster in the AFC East. I also think that from a coaching standpoint, they've done a great job in terms of bringing in Sean McDermott. Um, Leslie Frazier on the defensive side of the ball has been doing yeah. a phenomenal job, has got that group being a top three unit. And ultimately, man, that continuity that we've been talking about, that's a reoccurring theme. 100%. I think that's the difference between the Bills versus the Patriots. I think with Cam Newton coming in, obviously he's a very dynamic player, can definitely uh, create some issues, some matchups. But as a whole, the Patriots roster on offense isn't that good. No, especially with all the opt-outs now, yeah, too. Yeah, between that's the, the opt-outs, big difference the opt-outs killed their roster, and they never really Six addressed. Six guys opted yeah. out. And they never really addressed the the offensive weapons that they needed to upgrade. Right now, Julian Edelman is still the number one receiver. Nikhil Harry is still kind of pro- trying to prove himself. We don't really know what to expect from him. Obviously, they got rid of Muhammad Sanu. So for me, man, I just think that the Bills, they have the more complete team. They have the continuity, and they're ultimately going to be able to get that uh, the division locked up for the first time in, what, how many years? Yeah, long time. <laughs> well, anybody other than the Patriots for yeah. the first time in a long time. Six out of seven, Arthur Motes. I, like I said, uh, if we would have done these predictions a few months ago, I might have leaned towards the Patriots. But I just with all the opt outs, I can't do it. Like they had a ton of and most in the positions, NFL man. by far on the offensive line. Obviously, Dante Hightower. Yep. We can like go down said, the list. I mean, Patrick yeah. Chung, key positions on the defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I I'm with you. I I've got an interesting take on the Patriots that I'll give you before we get out of here. Um, 
But I'm, go- I'm going Bills to win the division. Six out of seven. We're on I the same like page, it, man. Mercy. All right. And, and now for the final division, Ooh. man. The creme de la creme. The division the that, we that, all, really matters. that we all. That we fancy ourselves. That's, I always want to say that in a sentence. Hey, we we uh, fancy ourselves for this division. Half of this show has uh, won the AFC North before, and you know we round up here, so You're this, this right. show has won the AFC North. Before. I was say we won the, uh, we won this division what three times mess with yeah. us, baby. That's all I'm saying. I, I don't know any other team that wins a division outside of <laughs> Pittsburgh. So when I think of the Steelers, man, and when I think of the AFC North, it's a legit two horse race. The Browns, there, I think the Browns are definitely going to make some noise. But it's really going to be dependent upon what Baker Mayfield does. I think he's probably still going to be the third best quarterback in this division behind Ben and and, uh, Lamar, obviously. But when we're talking about the Steelers and the Ravens, the Steelers got better. They definitely got better this offseason. The return of Big Ben was a huge, huge asset for them. Obviously, you draft Chase Claypool, who from all reports – He's been phenomenal. I mean, even they're they're still talking about him. I was thinking (laughs) like, okay, maybe Ben would talk about him and then it'll kind of die out. Nah, they're still talking about this guy. So that's letting me know that he's definitely doing some really impressive Mm -hmm. things, man. As a whole, they're healthy. And I just think, man, that they, like I said, they got better. Whereas the Ravens, them losing Earl Thomas the way it happened, it really puts a lot of pressure (laughs) on Deshaun Elliott and and, uh, Chuck Clark. Now, nothing against those two players, but they're both late-round picks. They both don't have a ton of playing experience. I know if you're talking to people in Baltimore, they're going to speak of them in the best fashion, kind of like how we did when A.B. left and and Le'Veon left. You hype up the next man. But the difference is when A.B. and L. Bell left, the two guys that were replacing them were second- and third-round picks, whereas Chuck Clark and and Deshaun Elliott, these are sixth-round picks, if I remember correctly, over the past two to three years. So not a lot of experience, not a lot of pedigree, and I just think that that's going to hurt them too much. I think offensively they're going to be fine, but defensively they're going to take a step back because the safety position, as we saw, it's critical, especially when you're talking communication. Whereas the Steelers, they got more depth at the safety position now with the return of Sean Davis. The quarterback room, I like a lot more with the return of Josh Dobbs, and you still got Duck Hodges on practice squad. So for me, man, I got the Steelers winning the AFC North, man. I just think that with Ben coming back, everything is set up perfectly, and all the growing pains they had to endure last season are going to pay dividends this year. It's going to be back and forth. It's going to be close. It's going to flip-flop. You know, it's going to be like a classic lead change mm-hmm. basketball game in March Madness, you know, where it's just punch after punch. And yeah, who's absolutely. the last one standing? And seven out of eight, we're on the same page. It's going to be the Let's Pittsburgh go. Steelers. Yeah, I I, I do believe I, I believe that the – spoiler alert. I believe the Steelers and the Ravens are both going to make the playoffs. Yes. In fact, I got the Ravens as my first wild card in mm-hmm. the AFC. But I, everything you just echoed, um, I think the Ravens are going to kind of be the team that has the – the, the more target on their back mm-hmm. from from outside, you know, from around the NFL, I should say, whereas traditionally in the AFC North, that's been the Steelers, but now the Ravens have won the division two years in a row, and they won 14 games last year, and they have the MVP. It's going to be them that everybody else around the league wants to take down, where the Steelers are kind of flying under the radar. And you know, Motes, I, when I picked the Steelers to win the division, I was like, am I being a homer? And you know, the more and more I look around the National Football League, there's a lot of people in different markets, a lot of people who cover, you know, the Chiefs or the Eagles or the Cowboys or or the Chicago Bears who are picking the Steelers to win the division as well, too. So it's not just us confident in that regard. 
Seven out of eight, baby. You got to love it, I'm man. going Steelers as well. So the only one we have a different pick, AFC South. I go yeah. Colts. You have Titans. Absolutely, Other than that, we're man. on the same page. I like it. Now, do you want to go first listing your uh, NFC wildcard team since I just went first for the divisions? Sure. All right. So, sure. we, I mean, we'll start in the NFC. Pretty, pretty simple. Because um, yeah. we kind of alluded, I think, to a lot of the Correct. teams that we believe in. Seattle, for me, number mm-hmm. one. I think, you know, they'll go back and forth with the Niners. Yeah. Uh, but Seattle going to make a wild card. The Bucks, number two, like we mm-hmm. talked about. I think that they'll... Put some pressure on the Saints, but it'll be too little, too late. Yeah. And then number three, um, the team that had a lot of the same issues last year and still found a way to get in, and now there's an extra wild card spot. Thought about the Vikings, Motsi, but I'm going to go with the Eagles. Okay, okay, fair enough. So yeah, Seattle, Buck, Tampa Bay, and uh, Philadelphia, my three I NFC like wild So we teams. agreed on two of the three. I got the Seahawks as my first team in. Obviously got to go with Tampa Bay at two, but I'm going with the Vikings at three. All right, I'm glad. See, yeah. we got something to disagree I, I on. Just, I just think, man, with the Vikings in that division, they're going to be able to still win a good amount of games. And they're a lot healthier than the Eagles. That's true. And I just feel like, man, there's only so many times you can dodge that bullet in terms of overcoming all the health obstacles, overcoming all the adversity. Eventually, it catches up with you. And I just think with Philly, this is the year that it really catches up with them. Whereas with the Vikings, they're healthy and they're ready to go. And they definitely got better with their new pieces. And obviously with Yannick Ngakwe, that's going to be huge, man. Like I said, I could easily put the Vikings there. I'm glad now that I don't because we got to have some more differences, some more things to disagree on here. AFC, AFC? like I said, Ravens number one, Mm -hmm. obviously. I think even the biggest Ravens haters amongst us can can still think that that team, even if they take a step back, is still going to nab a wild card spot. Then I got the Titans, like we talked about, I think they'll go back and forth with the Colts in that division as well. Jadavian Clowney is a huge, huge addition for them. And then this is what I said. I had a little bit of a Patriots take for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, my third wild card team, I just wrote Belichick on it. <laughs> because uh, behind, behind the scenes, I've been writing all this down on a big piece of paper. And yeah. Moats and I are going to pin it up on the wall here so we can trash talk at the end of the year. Or Absolutely. maybe not because we're on the same page for a lot of this. I got the Ravens, I got the Titans, and I got Bill Belichick. I think I like that. the Patriots are going to find a way to go 9-7. and seven. They're not going to win the division, but they're going to backdoor it. Like, they'll win a tiebreaker over somebody mm-hmm. else who's 9-7. and seven. They will backdoor into the into the postseason. And I think they'll probably not have uh, much success in their, their first wildcard game. But Ravens, Titans, and I'm, Bill Belichick. That's what I got down real. from my and, and AFC wildcard. Let's be real. If the Patriots make it, man, that's a very successful season, especially when you're transitioning for the first year without Tom Brady. Yeah, them making the playoffs would be huge. So for me, man, my three AFC wildcard teams, Actually, yeah, we're pretty much identical. We just flip-flopped because you had the Titans uh, losing the division yep. to the Colts. I had yep. the Titans winning the division. Mm-hmm. So, literally, mine are Ravens, Patriots, and the Colts, man. I just think with the Ravens, obviously, we know their ministers are going to battle. It's going to come down to the last game. That's how it always is traditionally between those teams. I think the Patriots, they still find a way because the uh, the AFC East, it's not as strong. They should and, still be able to take advantage of, uh, I mean, of think the about Jets this. and of the uh, Dolphins. I look at it like this, man. Last year, the Bills won 10 games and were, like I said, the wild card team. So there are going to be numerous opportunities for the Patriots to win games, very winnable games as the season progresses. And I think people are going to sleep on them because they're going to say that, hey, no Brady, this team can't be that good. Right. Even with Cam, he's old, he's washed up, and all these other and things. And they got all these opt-outs, kind of like what we were just yeah. alluding to. Like they will, they'll, in a weird way, they'll sneak up on some teams they, too. They will. But because when you have Belichick, man, you know he's the master schemer. He's going to make sure that he doesn't leave any stone unturned. And then obviously with the Colts, man, I just think that – they have a legitimate chance of winning the AFC South. I, I I truly believe that. For me, I just think that because of the new additions, because mm-hmm. of the question marks around Phillip mm-hmm. Rivers, that's the only reason why I have them ultimately no, not fair. winning it. But they're definitely a playoff team, man. I see them getting in. And, yeah. I like it. So, so we got we got like four minutes here. I was about to say, let's, yeah, let's run man. through the individual. Well, you want to run through the individual? Four minutes is a long time, man. Just say, hey, oh, take your time, baby. I got you. I now. mean, we're not. How about yeah. jog? 
Yeah. Well, jog for the end. I'm about to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't feel, don't feel pressure. Remember, I'm on the clock here, so if we go over, just put it yeah, on you, me. Just put it on your tab. Yeah. So I got MVP, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year. I got a coach of the year and a comeback player of the year. Absolutely, sounds good. All right, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. So to start it out, man, we'll go with the comeback player of the year because I feel like that's what everybody wants to talk about. Mm-hmm. If I do say so myself, and yeah, this is a. A legit, I think, two-horse race, in my opinion, man. Obviously, uh, Big Ben, Matthew Stafford. Well, actually, it's hard to say it's a two-horse race because now they give Cam the award. Newton. If, if you come back true. from just a bad year, we saw with Tannehill. <laughs> so, <laughs> Phillip Rivers could be in this conversation. Cam <laughs> Newton's in the conversation. That's a great call. Like, <laughs> that's a great, uh, yeah. Phillip Rivers. Maybe because we saw that last year. Tannehill wasn't injured. No. Nah. <laughs> he just he had a bad couple years. Gronk could be in this conversation exactly, just man. because he retired for a year. Yeah, yeah. man. So so it's, it's multiple players Trent that are Williams in this conversation. In this conversation. <laughs> it's, it's crazy when you think about it. It's crazy. Really crazy, man. But for me, man, I just think Ben Roethlisberger yep. is the guy for this. I think he's the front runner. Um, Obviously – you know what he means to this team. You know he's going to be in the spotlight a lot as well. Those primetime games are huge when it comes to winning these type of awards. And at the quarterback position, we know people love quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. We love to see guys throw the ball, score touchdowns. And if he's doing that in any vein like how he did prior to, he's going to yeah. get that nod. Because Stafford can have better numbers, but because he's playing in Detroit, that market is nowhere near the type of market that Pittsburgh gets from a, a media standpoint. And I think that's going to be the deciding factor. In Tampa, I just think those they have too many pieces and too many guys that are going to be impactful for one of them to stand out on that level. I think it's going to be a, well, who was more important? Was it Gronk or was it Brady? And that's going to hurt both of them in the argument. I think Cam is definitely going to be in the conversation, but ultimately, man, Big Ben is going to get the nod. I'm with you, too. The difference for me could certainly make an argument for Cam Newton, could certainly make an argument for Phillip Rivers. I think the difference is the Steelers are going to win more games than the Colts and the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And as you and I have said many times on this show when we talk about individual awards, Motsi, as much as they are individual awards, your team has to have some success for you to win, to, to win these awards. That's the difference for me. I'll go with Ben as well. Absolutely. Now we're going to move to Coach of the Year, man. And for that, man, i got to go with the Buffalo, man. Sean McDermott has like done a that. phenomenal job the past three years he's been there. He coached them to a 10-plus win, win season last year. Overtime loss to the Houston Texans in the wild card round, but ultimately it was a really good performance. A couple of questionable calls could have changed the outcome. So for me, man, I just feel like we talk about this numerous times, too. In the league – Typically, you get the roses the year or two after you've already been putting Sean in McDermott's the work and dominating. Some roses. So for me, I just think that McDermott ultimately gets the nod, job. man. Done a great job. That's a great call by you. He would have been number two on my list, honestly. Uh, but I'm going to go with Mike McCarthy. Because Ooh. I think, I think like we just both predicted, Dallas is going to win the division. Dak's going to have a huge year. And, you know, it's going to be the, the guy who was fired and came in and in a uh-huh. pandemic with a new team. He was still able to get it done. I'm going Mike McCarthy. And you know how for these type of awards, too, the voters love the storyline like Oh, that. they definitely do. And it's Cowboys, too, so you know and you can't Cowboys go wrong with that, And it's Cowboys, too. Man. I'm going Mike McCarthy. I like it. Now, when we talk about the defensive rookie of the year, Ooh. it's a two-horse race to me, man. I was looking at Chase Young and Isaiah Simmons, both of those guys, mm-hmm. high-pedigree guys. Both are playing in positions where they're going to be impactful. But I go Chase Young here because as a pass rusher, if he comes in and gets 10 sacks, he's winning the award. Yes. We know that. Oh. Whereas Isaiah is going to have to have close to 100 tackles. He's going to have to have an interception or two. He's probably going to have to score a touchdown as well. And I just think it's going to be a lot harder for him to do that in this year where he's still learning the defense, whereas Chase doesn't need to know the defense. He just needs to go out there and put his <laughs> hand in the grass and go kick 
a booty. Yep. And that's what he's been doing, and that's what he will do. So that's why I got Chase winning Defensive Rookie of the Year. I got Chase as well, too. Uh, I am with you that it's it's, it's going to be him or Isaiah Simmons. But you know what? Real quickly, though, I'll throw a dark horse in for you. Mm, and okay. I might, you know, on the Fox Bet app, I might put a couple shillings on this uh-huh. guy because he's got longer odds. How about Akuda? I like it. If the Lions were able to go 9-7, and seven, yeah. backdoor into the playoffs, he slides in for Darius Slay mm-hmm. as a rookie and has a really good year. He's my dark uh, uh, horse, but I'm going Chase The only reason I'm too. concerned about him is because he's going to have to see Adam Thielen twice. That's true. <laughs> Devontae. <laughs> and he's going to have to see Devontae Adams Devontae twice. Adams twice. And, and we know what they can do to people. We've we seen what they've done to really good people. It's a good call by you. So that's my only concern. I'm just like, it could get gory. <laughs> that's a good call by you. Twice in the yeah, division. I'm, you, yeah, that, that's going kind of rough, well. man. I'm going with Chase as well. All right, and now when we go to Offensive Rookie of the Year, This could man. be another quick conversation. Yeah. Well, no, honestly, no? you know. I thought it was two horse racing. Honestly, I was leaning towards Clyde Edwards Hilaire after obviously after last night, but I don't want to change it. I kept the same energy. Ooh, I made this pick prior like to the game last night, so I'm gonna keep it consistent. I'm going with C D Lamb. I think, man, him and that Cowboys offense, he is gonna get the most favorable matchups because he's playing next to Amari Cooper. He's not gonna have to face the number one corner. He might even not even face the number two corner realistically. So for me, I just think it's set up for him to be successful. Plus, Dak is motivated, wants mm-hmm. to throw the ball, and he's playing in Dallas where everything he does is going to be glorified and amplified, you know, a hundredfold. So that's why I just think CeeDee Lamb can get it done. But it's going to be tough after seeing Clyde last night, man. I like that call by you. I really do. And, you know, I, I love going off the board a little bit. And CeeDee Lamb is a, a fantastic call. And, again, the Cowboys are going to win some games. That's going to help his case. And they're always in the spotlight, man. You know me, though. I've been I've been screaming about this dude since the you combine have. in February. Absolutely. i got to go with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, I told you guys, don't let the Chiefs draft. I told everybody Absolutely, back in April, man. I can't believe 31 picks. They let the Chiefs get this guy. Game changer. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for me. Absolute game changer, man. But now, I, I really like your C.D. Lamb pick. He He's one of those, if you wanted to like throw you know, 10 bucks on a longer he's shot, the one, yeah. he's the one. Absolutely, man. Now, Defensive Player of the Year, it's simple, man. I'm coming right back to Pittsburgh, man. Yes. My boy T.J. Watt, we talked about him being a finalist for it last year. We personally thought here in Pittsburgh he should have won it. This is the year for him, man. It's, it's set up. It's perfect. Bud has emerged. Cam is taken care of. So now he's really going to be able to eat alongside those guys. Him. Everything is perfect. And they're going to be playing with the lead or at least tied. <laughs> Whereas last year they were coming back all the time, man. So that's why I got T.J. Watt winning Defensive Player of the Year. I echo that sentiment. Sentiment. I like he it. becomes the second of the Watt family members to win a Defensive Player Keep, of the Year. Keeping it easy, man. Then we go Offensive Player of the Year. Now this is... This is where it gets a little special. This one was here. maybe the toughest one to pick. It, it was because MVP we talk about. They never do MVP and always play the year. I, I've never seen how. Oh, Mahomes is MVP, but he didn't always play the year. How does that work? Right. How make right. it make sense? But that's <laughs> for another day. But for me, man, I'm going with the guy who hasn't received the MVP vote, man, Mr. Russell Wilson, baby. Ooh. Long overdue, man. We know how productive he is. We know what he means to that Seahawks offense, man. That team as a whole. So that's why I got Russell Wilson winning the Offensive Player of the Year. You know what's funny. I'm uh same logic as you, uh-huh. and you'll see where I'm going with this when I give you my MVP pick. Uh-huh. Patrick Mahomes is my offensive player of the okay, year. Okay, I get where you're going there. And yeah. I'll ex- I might as well explain why now, because yeah, yeah. Russell Wilson is my MVP. And see, I flip-flop, yeah. Yeah, I just, I, I know after everything we saw last night in Mahomes, but I think I alluded to this with you a couple weeks ago. At the end of the year, people are going to look at Mahomes' stat sheet. 
And if he doesn't have 5,000 yards passing and 50 touchdowns, like they might legitimately think that that's a little bit of an underwhelming season. Yeah. As crazy like, as that sounds. As crazy as that he, sounds. He could throw for, 50, uh, for 47, 4,700 passing 47 yards and 47, and 47 touchdowns. touchdowns. And people and it's be like, like, oh, he, he didn't get five and, he he didn't get 5 and 50. He didn't get 5 and 50. It's really, it's like why nobody can win the Heisman twice because you yeah. have to be better the second year. I do think Mahomes will win another MVP at some point in his mm-hmm. career. But a lot of credit will go to Kelsey and to Hill and to Clyde Edwards Hilaire and to Andy Reid and to that offensive line. I got Russ finally in my best way in the Rock Johnson voice. Now for winning me, MVP. The reason why I go with Mahomes, man, he he's he's the prom king right now. He, he is. is the he face is. of the league. He is the guy that even if it's an average throw, they're still gonna crown it because he threw the ball. And I just know when it comes to voters, Russell's Russell's game is great. But it isn't the most appealing to everyone because it's more gritty. It's more three quarters of average and then fourth quarter just phenomenal play. Whereas we saw from the beginning of the game with Mahomes, man, it's It's pretty. You're waiting to be wowed and he wows you. That's the thing. And voters love to be wowed. When and when it comes to MVP in particular, because we know the MVP, that's the guy that they put out there on the face of everything. Yep. Russ, his game, like I said, is phenomenal, but it's not the flashiness that they sometimes want with MVP. You think about Lamar Jackson, why he won it last year. Yeah, his numbers weren't better than than uh, than Mahomes or some of these other guys. But when you look at the flashy plays that he has, those highlight plays, that's what they want to see. So that's why for me as an MVP, man, I gotta say it's Patrick Mahomes, man. I like it, Arthur Motes. I like it. So we we similar on a lot of this, but we found some differences. Absolutely, at the end. man. It, it was a good time. We're we're we'll, pretty much in sync. We'll man. revisit this back in what uh, early January. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. And look, <laughs> on top of that, man, when we do come back from break, oh yeah, it's, it's time, time to get that paper officially. The first season version, man. Week one version. What we gonna do? We gonna show you the money? Show me the money. Show me the money. There it is. There it is. That's the so when we come back, man, we're going, we're going to read some tweets before we get in that paper, baby. So, Jeweler Most, man, still is Nation Radio. Let me tell you about a place somewhere up a New York way Where the people are so gay, twisting the night away this is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Come on, baby, we got Sam Cook on a Friday. Twisting the night away, it's man. It's such a Friday song to me. Come that on, song man. feels like Friday. It I just <laughs> I know it's it, non, non-pandemic time. That song just makes me want to, like, grab my wife, go to a bar, get a drink, and dance. Listen, man, side note, man. As soon as you dropped that, it brought me back to when I was probably 9, 10 years old. Me and my mom, like, we listened to music all the time. And Sam Cooke, man, was one of those dudes faithfully. Like, we put him on. We're singing every word. We're dancing. It doesn't matter where we are. Sam Cooke. Sam is that guy, man. So, shout out to you for that, baby. I told you. I know we switched it up for our our last song today. But I just, that uh, Twisted the Night Away, it came on my music shuffle when I was on the way in here. I I was like, like, we got to get out of here with a little Sam Cooke. No question, man. And what we do got to do before we get out of here, man, we got to pass the ball back to you, man. I haven't been in the H here for long enough. (laughs) It's time for you to read tweets. It's time for you to get this paper. I'm chilling now. Go ahead, baby. You yeah, take so the, you got the ball. Uh, let's, we got a couple tweets here. Um, and we got a lot of tweets from people 
um, in the first couple segments of the show. And, and we, we definitely appreciate it, we, too, we, man. we do. Yeah. And, and even a couple, you know, there were a couple people in the tweets who made some alternate points. Nothing, you know, nothing vile or anything like right. that. From from all sides of the conversation, we do appreciate your feedback. We really do. We appreciate you listening and engaging. Um, so I, I wanted to make sure to say that because I don't want to read through all of them as we're kind of, you know, trying to get out of here and, and do all of our end of the show goofiness. Um, but a reminder, too, because we did have Thrash and a couple other people ask about Five Star Friday. We will be doing that on Monday. Don't Yes, yes. Moats will put on his teaching cap. Trust me, I, I was amped up this morning like, <laughs> dang, I can't do Five Star Friday. <sighs> All right, come on, hurry up and get here Monday. Um, but we will have we will have some more benchmarks, some more fun for you on Monday, on game day, of course. And you know uh, it'll be a, a Monday Star Friday. <laughs> or a Five Star Monday, I guess. There, there we, we go. go. Come on, Euler, get it right here. All right, me with the exclamation point. Uh, Westman and Dr. Motes, if you will please rank for me the Steelers play, player celebrations uh, in terms of your most favorite. The Bettis head wiggle after a long run, mm. the Joey Porter boot, the Larry Foot stomp, or the TJ Watt leg kick. Me, if you know anything about me, about you know I'm going this, the Joey you, you Porter boot. Answer. You know I'm going the Joey Porter boot. Although the Bettis head wiggle is underrated. It is underrated. It is. It is. <laughs> but I'm going Joey Porter boot for sure. For me, man, yeah. Give me Peasy's boot. I used to mimic it, man. In fact, the two guys at the celebrations I would mimic was Lights Out, Sean Merriman, mm-hmm. and Peasy. So mine was like a mix of Sean Merriman, Lights Out, to the kick from a Peasy standpoint, man. I, I love that dude, man. Yeah. Give me the Peasy kick without a doubt. Yeah. For and then And I would sure. say if I had to rank the rest, I'd probably go Peasy, bet his head, wobble, the TJ White leg kick, and then we go with uh with the stomp. <laughs> Jamie chimes in here. Felt amazing to see the NFL uh, last night. No doubt about it. Sunday is uh, tomorrow. College football all day. Sunday yeah. NFL all day. I'm gonna have a big fat grin on my face I was all weekend. Say, man, when I got done with everything yesterday, all like my media obligations. Yep. It felt so good to just sit down on my big chair, had oh. the TV popping, and it was like, oh yeah, this is this is what I've been waiting on. It's finally here. <laughs> Steelers 480 uh, wants to know, Motsi, someone uh, that you hit either in practice or a game that felt like a Mack truck colliding at, with you. Uh, oh, you know who? God rest his soul. Um, Cedric Benson. Running back for oh, He played yeah. for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. So my rookie year. So obviously I played against Ronnie and, and Ricky Williams when the whole Wildcat was first coming out. Mm-hmm. And they were crazy to tackle, right? In fact, I always tell people, I was like, my rookie year, the two tackles that I remember missing – Number one was you know, Ronnie Brown. He gave me something nasty. It was nuts. But Cedric Benson, man, I remember we on the road playing. This is when they had Batman and Robin. It was and you, T- were the, you were the T- Bills, right? Yeah, I was with yeah. the Bills. Yeah, it was T.O. and Ocho Cinco. Uh-huh. They were doing a TV right. show and everything. That's right. And I remember not even thinking about Cedric Benson. I'm watching him on film like, oh, I mean, he's cool, but he gets hit a lot. He doesn't really go down off the first guy. And I will never forget my first time hitting him in the game. He ran through my arm, and I looked at my guy. I had Drayton Florence. He was like 11-year vet at the time. I said, yo. I don't know if I'm going to tackle him that? today. This is crazy. He was like, yeah, man, hey, hey, just jump on him. We're going to have to gang tackle him today. I'm like, oh, all right. Hey, it, it hurt. <laughs> it definitely hurt. I, that was one of the first times in my, like, 20-plus years of playing football that I felt like, ow. Yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? It was one sure. of those moments, man. So, Seth Vincent, sure. man. Uh, and then also, I want to know whose personality in terms of your teammates changed the most on game day? Oh, Troy. Troy Palomalu, yeah, without a doubt. Throughout the week, man, we'd always say you got Troy with the hair up and then game dude, Troy with the hair down. Troy with the hair up, man, he's, he's super quiet, but he would joke a little bit. Soft-spoken. He wants to have fun, super soft-spoken, very humble. 
man, he takes that hair down on game day, and he's like the last samurai. He's in there talking about, man, if I die today, God wants me to do I'm like, whoa, 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 hey, man. I didn't sign up to die for football, okay, baby? I, I, I would die for this, Troy. I love you, Troy. You my guy. But I'm not ready to die for this game just yet, okay, buddy? His hair going down. And literally, man, I would never forget, man. We're playing here in Pittsburgh. It's one of – I forgot. It might have been Baltimore. We were playing on a Monday night game. And literally, he runs. And I'm thinking, like, okay, open field tackle. He's going to break down, get his head across, wrap up. No, he, like, runs and jumps and just throws his body at the guy. I was like, yo, what, what? I don't even know what type of tackle that was. But it worked. And then he, he lays down, like, is he dead? Wait a second. Then he just pops up. I'm like, yo, this dude's out of control, man. Yeah, that, that, yeah. Troy on game it. day is a whole nother animal, man. I never get tired of your Troy yeah. stories. It's always good. One, one of a kind guy, man. Love him to death, but holy cow. Like, mentally, he just goes another place yeah. come game day. And I, I try to keep up with him. I'm like, yeah, I'm not. Yeah. You got, like, you got guys like who love it. He's like 300. Exactly. You know? He's like, I'm coming back on my shield or with my shield. I'm like, hey, look, yeah. man, if it doesn't work, we can retreat and recoup another day. You know I mean? We ain't got to die today. We can come back oh, next yeah, time. Troy, we still got 11 more weeks <laughs> in the season, baby. Troy's like, no, man, this week one, I'll die for this today. Like, whoa, 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 buddy. Wait a minute. <laughs> Troy, we need you in December, buddy. It's only September here. Don't, don't tackle him like it's a playoff game. It's a regular season game. Troy, come on, man. We got 16 more, baby. Wait. Just wait, please. <laughs> Last one. Shutter McGavin. Which prop bet would you put money on to happen this season? Big Ben throws for 30 or more touchdowns. James Conner rushes for 1,000 or more yards. TJ Watt, 18 or more sacks. Ben, 30 tutties. Yeah? He's getting that. Yeah. You look at the weapons he has, man. The, the Chase Claypool, Juju, Deontay, yeah. James Washington, Vance, Ebron. That's going to gonna bring a, a ton of touchdowns. And for me, I just don't see them being run heavy or run down. I know people think that Derek Watt being here, they're going to use more 21 personnel fullbacks and stuff. But I just think that handicaps and slows this offense down. This offense, man, they got thoroughbreds. They're ready to air it out. And if Ben is feeling as good as he's been saying and all the reports are, then, yeah, it's got to be. Watt 18 sacks would be tempting. Ooh, that's I a just, lot of sacks, though. I just think about how I mean, how when when how often do we see that? Right. I it mean, ha- last last year we had one guy in the NFL yeah. to beat that. The year before, one guy it was Aaron right. Donald. Whereas we've seen Ben throw for 30. We've yeah. seen that. He, he's flirting with that on on on, on a regular year. That'll do it for the tweets. All right, Arthur Motes, before we get out of here. Oh, finally. All right, so we figured today, since it's week one, we'd have a little fun. And, and since we're not going to – we're going to pick Steelers on Monday, obviously. Um, we'll start our official – you know how we normally do five games, right? And we keep, we keep our score right. throughout the year. We'll start that next week. What we thought we would do today for the return of Get That Paper to have a little fun. Arthur Motes, we're going to run through quickly here because, I mean, we're already kind of scraping for time. But you know what? It's just a replay of Tunch and Wolf that's coming well, on after and, and us look, anyway. And so, look, man, now that you in the driver's seat, they're going to find you for this. Oh, so don't even worry about it. So you take your time. Take your time. I see what you did there. <laughs> so what we're going to do today for uh, forget that paper, a little different than what we normally do. I'm going to run through every game here in the NFL calendar on Sunday. I'm going to give the point spread, and we're going to give a pick. Just Let's real, just like real simple like that. All right? What time is it? Time to get the paper. Show me the money. Show me the money! Oh, it just hits different. Now it feels like football's back, baby. <sighs> All right, Arthur Motz, let's get right into it. Seattle Seahawks at the Atlanta Falcons. The Seahawks are favored by three. 
Got to go Seattle. Let's yeah, do it. Three, me too. Absolutely. I'll take Seattle yes, minus three, without absolutely. a doubt. Absolutely. Cleveland Browns at Baltimore Ravens. The Browns getting a touchdown. Baltimore, seven-point favorites. I don't like it. I'm going Browns on that me one, Me too. Man. I think yeah. Baltimore wins. Yeah, Baltimore wins, but it's not going to be by seven. You look at the past four or five times they've played, it's always close. Yeah. Or the Browns have won. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's the first week of the season. Absolutely. Again, don't let what you saw last night make you think that that's how every game's going to look. They lying to you. I'm with you too. Uh, Jets at Bills. Six and a half point favorites are the Buffalo Bills. Oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough I, I don't one. like it for six and a half. <laughs> I don't I, either. I, I think it's a one-score game, man. Honestly, may, I think the Bills win convincingly. Me too. But I can see a garbage time four, field yeah, goal they end up or something. Winning by four. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think I'll take the six and a half points with the Jets on that one, too. Raiders at Carolina. The Las Vegas Raiders at the Panthers. Uh, Viva Las Vegas. Uh, The Raiders favored by three points in their first uh, game as the Las Vegas Vegas Raiders. Pardon me. Hmm. Oh, this is easy. I'm taking it over. Give me the Raiders, man. I think they, yeah, you I think, think they win convincingly. I think they win by seven, potentially yeah. ten. Carolina's got a lot of change. New new coaches are going to struggle this year, man, <laughs> especially early on, baby. Yeah. Uh, that's a good call I, for you. That's look at it, man. So I'll take the Raiders minus three yeah, as Carl well. Yeah, Carl has something to prove. Good call. Bears at Lions. Chicago at Detroit uh, up in Michigan. The Lions, two-and-a-half-point favorites. Now give me the Bears plus two-and-a-half. I like the Bears straight up. I think they're going to win, actually. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely yeah, do, man. I do, too. Honestly, yeah. I would take a money line, but I'll definitely yeah. take the two and a half points. Colts at Jags. Biggest spread of the weekend. Colts, eight point favorites. Oh, eight points? Eight points. That's a nah, lot. I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that. Nah, not with Phillip Rivers starting out. I need to see that. And it's on the road, too. I it's know. not like it's at home. If it was at home, I'd feel much yes, better about but, it. But on the road, this Week type of one. year, it's still, we don't even know what Phillip Rivers looks like. I haven't heard any reports. I know he said what he said, but I haven't seen it. So, yeah, I'm not liking that at all, man. I'm, I'm going Jags on that one. Me as well. Give me Jacksonville plus eight. Colts win, but Jacksonville yes, plus absolutely. eight. Packers at Vikings, one o'clock Sunday, Motsi. This is the one o'clock game on Sunday that I want to watch. Packers, mm-hmm. three point favorites. Uh, the game is in Minnesota. Or sorry, sorry, sorry. The game is Vi- in uh, Minnesota. The game's in Minnesota, and the yeah. Vikings are three point favorites. Not the Packers. Pardon me. Packers plus three. Oh, Packers money line. Give me all that day. all day. Yeah. Packers money line all day, absolutely. but I'll, I'll take the plus three without a doubt. Yeah. Dolphins at Patriots, uh, Patriots, six and a half point favorites. Okay, I like that. I, I got I Patriots think so winning too. by it's, ten. It's, honestly, it's man. in New England. If it was in Miami, yeah. I'd sing a different tune. But I'll take the Patriots minus six and a half. I think they win by at least a touchdown. Absolutely. The Eagles at the Washington Football Team, five and a half point favorites are Philly. I like that. I think, I'll take that too. I think they win by double digits. Honestly, man, uh, it feels like they always open against Washington yeah. and they always beat them convincingly. Absolutely. And Washington, I mean, they, like I talked about this all season, they just figured out they're going to do a running back by committee two days ago. That's a problem if you yeah. just figure that out. So yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eagles win that one by nine points, something like that. Yeah. Give me Eagles minus five and a half. Chargers at. Bengals, uh, the Chargers, three-point favorites. Cincinnati getting three points. Mm. I don't know if that's enough. It's not enough. I got the Chargers winning, but I think Bengals. Uh, yeah. I'm taking Bengals for the uh, for the betting, obviously, with the points. I think so, too. I'm with you Chargers on that one. Chargers get the dub, though. I agree. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at New Orleans. This is what I want to watch at 430 on What's Sunday. What's the spread for this? Like one? 
New Orleans is favored by three and a half. Oh, y'all wild. So that New Orleans would have to win by four or four, more. Four, yeah, yeah, y'all wild. I, I got bucks on that one. Now. I got New Orleans. They win by four. Yeah. How about that? You got them winning by four. They win by four. New Orleans wins by four. But if they win by four, then it's a push, then right? No, because it's three and a half. Oh, I thought you said it was four. Okay, yeah, it's three yeah, and a yeah, half. Yeah, yeah, three and a half. See, for me, I, I think the Saints win, but I think they only win by three. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, that'll be interesting. Vegas always knows with those half points. They're hey, always. Dude, up I hate something. the half point, man. I hate the half. Point. <laughs> Two more here. Cardinals at Niners. Cardinals getting six and a half points. Niners six and a half point favorites over the Cardinals. Give me the Cardinals. The Cardinals team can score some what? points. And they played them extremely tough the two times last year. Come I'm on, with you. man. Now they got Hopkins. Absolutely, man. I think San Francisco, San Francisco, San Francisco finds a way to win. Yeah, San Fran will win. But, but give yeah. me the six and a half with the Cardinals. Absolutely. I, got them, I, I think San Fran wins about four. I got it like 24-20 from a, from a score standpoint. Last one, Sunday night football. The Dallas Cowboys in the city of Angels, Los Angeles, against the Rams. The Cowboys, three-point favorites on the road. Home dog, home dog, home dog, Rams. Mm. And uh, give me the Cowboys minus three. I think yeah. they, not in a blowout or anything, but four, five, six points, they win that game. Absolutely, by. man. It could be one of them 20 to 14, 21 tight things. Now, we're not messing with the uh, the Titans-Broncos. That's the second Monday night game. Are we messing with that or no? We can do that now if you want. I figure we could do that Monday too, but. Well, because I want Monday to just be for our okay. Steelers, baby. Titans Come on, man. at Broncos. Broncos getting two and a half points. So the Titans are two and a half point favorites. I like it. Give me the Titans. It's a tough place to play, but I think the Titans win. No Von Miller, man. Bradley The Titans Chubb. win by three. Yeah. I th- It'll be tight, but the Titans win by enough. Two and a half points isn't going to be enough for me. Yeah. Give me, uh, yeah, give me the Titans minus See, two. See, I got the Titans winning about four. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, 17-13, but the loss of Von Miller, they still don't even know if Bradley Chubb is going to be back for game one. They're going to definitely have him on some type of snap count if he is. I just think that's going to be too much. Also, you got the loss of Chris Harris. Um, in the secondary, him leaving to go to L.A. So, yeah, for me, man, I just think the Titans, that continuity that we talked about is theirs, man. That was fun, though, man. Feels like football. It's September. That was good. That was we good. got ball on tomorrow. We got ball on Sunday. We got ball on Monday. Mochi. You got to love it, man. We are back. Absolutely, man. This I'm gonna, was a fun show, man. I'm going to let you get us out of here. You know, you can finish out the uh, the most hosts, most hosts Friday. Absolutely, uh, but, man. But Monday, game day, we'll have some fun. We will obviously give our predictions. We'll do a little uh, five-star Monday. Mm-hmm. Got to do that, man. So it's going to be night football, blast, man. I All can't right. wait, man. Let me hit the music and you get us out of here. I'm going to say get us out of here, man. You know what? it is man so once again man appreciate the power grid the megawatts man for tuning in yeah lots of tweets there absolutely we man we appreciate y'all and, and, and especially with some of the stuff we were talking about some of the heavier stuff man phenomenal job and we always tip our caps to you guys shout out to my producer man wesley yule on the ones <laughs> and twos my man held me down had me sounding crystal clear making sure i have my breaks on time so i don't get fined and speaking of getting fined it's about time i get up out of here so still a nation blitz Oh, excuse me, Still Nation Radio, Steelers Blitz, Euler Remotes, and until next time, your 24-7 home with the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio.